0: you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is gonna be my talk about season of the hunt. If you're listening to this on iTunes or Spotify any of the podcast platforms, you can always catch me live at SNTRlive.com. If you like all my content in one location, be sure to bookmark SNTR Network Dot com. It has the schedule of my talks and all of my shows, Rageous Roundtable, Repeat Theater, as well as this one. So this is going to be sort of a talk about what we know and in kind of like what I'm excited about from what, what was revealed about Season of the Hunt in the vid doc. But I do want to make sure we give some time to talk about how it looks like we are getting another public event sort of seasonal piece of content and I have been pretty hard on that format but I want to leave some room for some hope for some changes and things that we know because they have made technical updates uh, to the game that were announced in a previous blog post about tower instancing so we were sitting around we were kind of all waiting for this $15 vid doc, $15, I did it again 15 minute vid doc to hit and uh, we're not sure if they're going to do another one. If you go back and watch Forsaken and Shadow Keep, they did two separate vid docs, and the Forsaken one especially they did a 10 minute, and then a 5 minute, and the 5 minute outlined how the seasons in the year were going to go. We are still kind of waiting to see if they're going to do another vid doc that's going to outline what year 4 is going to look like, because this season, Season of the Hunt, actually goes until February. We don't know if that's shuffling the entire year back, or are they going to squish the remaining seasons to be shorter? We're not sure we're waiting to see what kind of an update we're going to get about that. But we did get some information about Season of the Hunt. So what do we know? First and foremost, we know that it's going to have an actual sort of campaign and mission structure it centers around Osiris and Aldrin Aldrin now donning the name Crow or the Crow to take down the high celebrant so Osiris and Aldrin are working together that was one of the big reveals in the vid doc was that you know a knight is going to hurt Osiris Osiris looks kind of weak honestly in that scene it's kind of strange and Aldrin gets to stab the knight with a sword and reveal that he is around and he's helping so yay we can all clap that Aldrin is not shaw hand some tutorial driving npc on rasput I- I'm sorry on cosmodrome so, so he is actually back as himself and donning a pretty cool name that we we know and kind of heard of back in Destiny 1. Now, they, they go into the details about like what's going to be happening in the world with the High Celebrant. There are these cryptoliths that are created around the system. They show them showing up on the various planets. It looks like for sure Dreaming City, and we're not sure if maybe we saw some um, some Cosmodrome or some EDZ locations as well. And they are corrupting the Cabal and the Fallen. Zivu Arath is kind of entering the picture and corrupting herself and army. It seems that in the footage they show a bunch of Hive, and I guess we're supposed to take from that that these cryptoliths are kind of Uh, you know, corrupting the Cabal and the Fallen and I guess turning them into the Hive so that she can have this army. They go in uh, to detail here. They're going to actually flesh out uh, Sivu Arath more And her relationship to Sabathun and what that means for year four. So they're not just sort of doing this as a side piece or a side grind. This is part of the overarching story that is unveiling, especially if you consider what Eris Morn has been saying in Strikes and what Eris Morn said to Zavala in Season of Arrivals about Savathun and how the interference mission ended. So while we are being summoned to Europa and the Stranger and Stasis and everything with Aramis is going to be going on, this is also going to be happening as an undercurrent story to carry things in to year four and that's the next section leading to year four i actually really like that they're continuing this theme of the story being one that is revealed over time, bit by bit, and piece by piece, to give us this feel of a larger over uh, overarching story. The seasonal content's actually tied to setting up Year 4 and Savathun for Witch Queen. That's made very, very clear by Joe Blackburn, when he says, at the end of Year 4, she's going to knock down the dominoes, and we're going to see what she's really been up to. There's a line in one of the strikes from Eris about how we will only know Savathun's next move when she makes it, and if we are wise enough uh, to see it or to deduce it or something to that effect so we've kind of been in the dark that's exactly what's been going on with Savathun and they're going to use this year to build up to that now I made predictions about the Dreaming City and the summer and the summer would be when we would finally resolve the curse and that would be something tied to Savathun that would lead to uh, the September Expansion now the expansion may be pushed back to November in light of the, how the new seasonal structure is landing with season of the hunt going all the way until February. But it is good to see I think future seeds planted in the next season and what they plan to do with more good storytelling for the whole year. So they are making it very clear that that theme of a single evolving world and the story being all tied together that's actually going to continue into year four. That's not something they're they're abandoning as a way for the content to be structured. What we don't know is we don't know the substance of these missions? Is it going to be like interference? Is it literally going to be just um, kind of like fetchy quests where we go and do different things? Is it going to be sort of that, that feel of we're not actually going on missions in a campaign. It's just sort of like elaborate. Bounties, uh, And that kind of leads me to my final point, and this is kind of one of the concerns that people have. Another public event. It doesn't take long to notice in the footage that this is something happening in the public space, and people are like, no, I think those are new areas. They are most certainly not new areas. The areas they were showing us are very, very identifiable locations on the Dreaming City that are in the public space. And after the tower events in season of the worthy and the contact event in season of arrivals i think we're really getting spent on the idea i've actually never been a fan of the public space non-match made content structure I do not like it. I don't think it's good. I didn't like it in Escalation Protocol because it was hard to get a team together sometimes or if you just wanted to play with all your boys, you kind of couldn't do that. You had to kind of like try to hijack the instance. Those of you that were around during that DLC might remember walking up to people and asking them to invite your friend and then leave so you could kind of hijack the area. When the contact public event landed in Season of the Worthy, it was highly criticized as being pretty frustrating, reasonable, you know, decent amount of fail rate, then they made it harder. And I remember the first time I ran the contact public event after it was made more difficult, and I ran it with a group of nine. We kind of overtook the area, and they had three people on each tower location. And I loved it. And we weren't communicating. We were not in Discord, we were not in party chat, and we had a really, really good time. I'm going to continue to stress that if you're going to do this type of content you really need to empower players to come together and enjoy the content as a group as opposed to just hoping that there's people in the area one of the reasons I feel that the contact public event has still kind of frustrated folks is Bungie does seem, they do seem To try to put people in your area. They do. Once you start the contact event, I have noticed that it puts people in my area. But not everybody knows that. So if you're playing late in the night in your region and you go to run contact public event and you don't see anybody around, you might not activate it. I consistently see people standing around waiting for people to show up, just kind of passing the time, and then the you know the nature of that is that they might not know that that's how it works now i am hoping they outlined a script change that was going to help tower instancing they said when they moved the quest script to the physics script in the engines kind of how things are run in the background it was going to give them a lot of better benefits to uh combat in different areas and enemy behavior they said one of the benefits from that was that if you join somebody in a tower like if you walk up to somebody they send you an invite and you join them you don't have to reinstance you'll just suddenly be in their fire team but still in the same tower This, to me, gives me hope. It's like, okay, can you do instance migration, then? If I go into the area and press a button to initiate the event, can you also find people in my region and in that same area and just shove them into my instance the same way they are doing the updated tower joining? They may be able to do that in the public space. I really think we need matchmaking for this type of event, alright? Public event pop-up and fight waves of content, I think that loop is getting a bit old. It's getting a little long in the tooth. We've been doing this for a while. Somebody asked me yesterday, why do you think they continue to do public space content like this? Well, for seasonal content, I think the answer is very simple. It's easier. The space is already built. They throw in a little thing. What do they do now? It's like a bank shows up and the enemies swarm the bank. In this thing, it's like a nasty Halloween tree of death and it shows up and then the enemies are going to come toward it. So the waves of enemies are going to come to that thing and you're going to probably just be killing them all and eventually you'll fight a boss. It's really easy, I think, for Bungie to build that type of content because they don't have to build a new space. and Vex Offensive were whole new areas and spaces and then that content went away I would hope maybe they would bring those back in some way and get some more capital out of them get some more life out of them but in general, I think that's what they're doing. I think the $10 content is going to consistently kind of dial in this this sort of low-hanging fruit of we can throw stuff into the public space. At the end of the day, if there's loot attached to it that's worthy of your chase, and they make it easy for people to play together, and they put people together, funnel people together so it's an enjoyable event for the community, it'll be okay. I think, unfortunately, we're tired of the format, and the format comes with logistics that are a little bit frustrating. So we're hoping for more information about Season of the Hunt as time goes on. We're going to transition to Q&A. If you're here in the live audience and you want to submit questions, you need to be a paying member. If Again, if you want all my content in one location, be sure to bookmark SNTRnetwork.com. And as always, you can catch me live at SNTRlive.com. If you're watching or listening in the other locations, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that followed my talk about Season of the Hunt. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, any of the podcast platforms, you can always catch me live at sntrlive.com. If you'd rather have all my content in one location, be sure to bookmark sntrnetwork.com. Repeat Theater, The Rageless Roundtable, and SNTR Presents are all there with schedules and all of the videos for you first question coming in is from Avenger. Do you think that since Beyond Light is launching with this season that the season will be less of a focus similar to Vex Offensive? I honestly don't know, because with Vex Offensive, I don't know if there were cutscenes or anything really significant with Ikora. There clearly is at least two cutscenes. The one where we run into Osiris and and see Aldrin, and then another cutscene with Spider. So there is at a minimum two cutscenes centering around this story of the... What is it called? The high something that we're trying to stop... Uh, the High Celebrant, as which is Zivu Arath, you know, creating her own army. Uh, and the fact that it's tied to Savathun, I, I don't know. I mean, Vex Offensive was, Vex Offensive sort of felt like just an offshoot thing. It didn't feel attached to the, it honestly wasn't attached if we actually think about it. Vex Offensive was not attached to the overarching story. Now they tied, they used it, they used it to pull in Osiris, which was the next season right? Osiris is helping, you know, wants our help to, uh, to rescue Saint Fourteen. So they use the the Vex Gate and the Undying Mind to like get Osiris's attention, but it didn't at all seem connected. It seemed totally disconnected uh, from from the way that the story flowed. It was like, we did all this with her. We go and kill the Undying Mine, and, like, basically nothing really happened. We didn't get anything. There was no loot. And then all of a sudden, Osiris is like, you've been busy. And you're like, okay. From that point on, I did feel like the story flowed a little bit better because the focus is on Osiris, he builds this thing, we rescue Saint-14, Osiris confronts Rasputin says that he saw what he did in the the infinite forest, and then that leads to Rasputin being like, uh, yeah well we got bigger fish to fry, homie sends him out, and then we're working with Rasputin like, that's when I think things started to flow a little bit better, so I don't necessarily know if we're ever gonna have that feeling again of like, it just being like this off to the side thing that's not that important and it doesn't really matter, because Vex Offensive didn't feel at all connected or tethered to what we were doing or what was going on they also didn't make much sense of like it was apparently tied to the Black Garden and that, that seemed really significant in the trailers and then it was just kind of like it, it I don't know I chorused it something like this is the answer or this was the question or something I, they made it sound really really epic and then it really didn't seem to crescendo into anything at all um, I don't think they're going to do that again um I would think, I would think that because they even say in this trailer that this is gonna lead to Savathun and Witch Queen since it's gonna since it's gonna lead to Savathun and Witch Queen, I think this is gonna be more significant than Vex Offensive Vex Offensive wasn't, this doesn't even matter anymore, that story, that invet, th- those, their, their, everything they did is not connected to anything we're doing now so, I, this is gonna be an undercurrent thing going on and beyond light seems to be a you know um, a significant story element it's almost like it's almost like there's two stories intertwining here there's the story of our guardian and what we're going through and that's going to tie in with the traveler and aramis and light and dark powers and then there's the overarching story of like the universe itself with sabathun and then and, and that seems um, that seems separate uh, in some ways and yet connected because it's us and the universe all together. Next question from Necro. We see that the Cosmodrome base level's 1050. In terms of sunsetting, we'd be moving on to new gear. How can Bungie retain their position that old gear can still be used in every activity, but top pinnacle ones? I think the answer is very, very simple. They're gonna raise the base floor of the entire game to 1050. You can't create a planet that is the tutorial planet and have it be 1050. If new guardians are entering the game at 750, that simply won't work. Um, they're gonna, ha- they're basically gonna raise all of your gear, and, and all new characters will be 1050. Now I don't know what that means for Witch Queen. Are they always gonna raise the floor? Which means Sunset gear will also get raised to 1050. And since there'll be new activities, new power deltas, and new things to aspire to, they'll maintain their sunset status in the end of the game, but they'll still be usable in public space and seasonal content. So I think the answer is very, very simple, and that's what they're going to continue to do. And... This is why I kept telling people you can't have a power delta on public space content like the tower event or on uh, contact public event. That's not going to work with sunsetting. They're going to have to raise the floor of all your gear. They're going to have to raise the floor of all new players. And in so doing, they're going to prevent this weird chasm of like, I, I can't do anything. I'm stuck or, oh, I can't use any of my gear that's been sunsetted. you know sunset why have a lower cap then it's always going to be raised because if you have a lower cap and it's always being raised and there's always new end game aspirational powers to go for it maintains sunsetting, and yet it also maintains the fact that that gear is usable outside of end uh, outside of um, aspirational content end game content to me, this makes old content obsolete. Leveling in Shadowkeep felt interesting. Now there's no point in doing old content minus exotics, that's it. I don't think old content ever had viability. Right now, when I when I went into Shadowkeep, I didn't give a rip about the bounties on the Tangled Shore. I didn't care about Blind Well. I didn't care about any of that stuff. There was no reason to go do any of it. That's always been how it is. Every year, you sort of kind of ignore the older stuff. You don't I don't know I mean black armory forges is another example they weren't really relevant anymore unless you really really wanted to go get the guns or whatever as a collector or maybe you missed out or something old content just naturally has a shelf life and it kind of drifts into you know the the edge of the frame and out of our out of our peripheral vision and we don't pay much attention to it. I think the community, by and large, has always shuffled forward into the newer, more relevant stuff. I don't think that's backwards, odd, or bad. I think that's just the nature of a game like this. In year two, when I started the game, I went through all of the expansions, leveled through it, and got to experience the progression. Now we won't have that experience. I don't care that you did that. That's not not normative. You're giving an example of something that most people aren't going to do. So, you think the lion's share of the dedicated player base is going to walk into Witch Queen and be like, you know, I wish I could play through the entire game. Who's doing that? I don't understand. No one's doing that. There's no demand for that. Like, the Forsaken grind, I played through the campaign of Forsaken, but I didn't go back and do the Red War or go back and do anything from year one. I just played through the Forsaken campaign and I leveled up. I don't, I don't know, like, I, it's, it's great that you did that, but like, you know, and the new player experience is changing. So saying they should make new players do that, I mean, you can have that opinion, that's fine, but they've changed the new player experience. You're going to go to Shawhan, Cosmodrome, and have a completely restructured new player experience. So it's kind of a fruitless discussion to be like, well, they should have done it differently. First and foremost, who cares? They're new players. They don't have the opinion that you do. They haven't touched the game yet. the the point of a new player experience is to be a full and fun funnel for people just to jump in and have a good time not go through vanilla campaign I don't understand making content what's completely useless after a year why don't we make content that can actually last I think it's a utopian pipe dream how do you make every piece of content equally relevant for forever how so 12 months later when they launch a new piece of content, a new seasonal grind, a new a new activity and a new and a new planet, you're really concerned about content that's 11 months old. You're like, "Well, no, that content should still be relevant." How? How do you maintain its relevancy? What are they supposed to do? Every year, what? Update the loot? If they're going to update the loot and the old content, isn't somebody going to be like, "Why am I paying for new content if you're going to update loot and stuff I already own?" They they they'd complain about that. If they if they were to do that, if you would have bought Shadow Keep and they put a bunch of new guns in Black Armory, you'd have been like, "What am I paying for?" You just made Black Armory relevant again. I already owned that. I want new stuff. I want new content. People would always complain about either side of the coin that the, with the, that it lands on. There's no way to go back and make old content relevant for forever. I mean, unless you make it a power grind, even that's kind of getting old. I think. That's why they should make them go through. I ruined my dreaming. It ruined my dreaming city experience because I couldn't. I didn't do the introductory mission until I already did Last Wish and Shattered Throne, ruining the feeling of forsaken content. I think you guys are getting super, super narrow and niche to your own experience and asking for the game to be crafted around what you did. And I just don't think that that's reasonable. I. They're they're creating a whole new funnel for new players, and if you think it should be different, fine. But. I, I don't know. There's a difference between being relevant and being entirely useless. What's the point of buying past expansions then? Avenger, you do realize that they don't do that. You can't buy the past expansions, homie. They're all free. You're literally you're you're not I don't even feel like you're making an argument that that is on the ground. You're somewhere else right now. Like what are you talking about? They're going back and making all that content free. Like what No one's going to go back and buy that. Why would you do that? They're making it free to begin with. And secondly... Listen, I'm going to be dead honest with you. What player are you even describing? Who? So I'm going to go to Elder Scrolls Online and be like, Hey, I would like to buy a 2 year old expansion and play that first before jumping in the new relevant expansion. Who the frick is this player that's going to do that? I wouldn't do that. I would jump into ESO and I'd be like, How do I get my player to the current relevant content? I want to play with my buddies. I want to do the things that everybody else is doing. I don't think the average player is going to approach a four year old franchise and be like I really want to buy all the stuff from year two and do all of it. No, most people are going to jump in, check out Stasis in Europa and play the new stuff Forsaken and Shadowkeep's not free Yes it is Forsaken is free Shadowkeep's probably about to become free, isn't it? Forsaken is free, what do you mean? They threw that in at the last minute, didn't they? I, again, regardless of what's free or not, they've continually gone back and made that stuff free. They made a lot of Forsaken free, I thought. They made a good amount of it free or whatever. So you can still buy Forsaken. Okay, this conversation just feels absurd to me. Why do you care about that? Why do you care about somebody coming in and buying Forsaken? Why does that matter to you? Why is that important? I think eternal relevancy is a utopian pipe dream i that's not that's not possible i don't see how it's possible to always reach back into two and three year old content and make it relevant you're worried about com- players coming to the game and being like i really want to buy a two year old expansion and have it still be relevant I, th- who is this player That was my New Light experience. Dreaming City didn't feel special because the Great Indirectory mission was left out. Well, this is a pointless conversation because we don't even know what the new player experience is going to be like in in this year. It's been completely restructured and half the game has been ripped out. So we're spinning our wheels here. This is a pointless conversation. We have no idea what the new player experience is going to be in year four. It's been rebuilt from the ground up. With all due respect, you're dead wrong on this. With all due respect, I don't care that you think I'm dead wrong about this. I don't see a way to consistently reach back and make stuff relevant. So when you bought Taken King, they should have went back and made Vogue relevant again somehow? How? How would they do it without making you complain and moan about the fact that, like, I just bought a new expansion and you're putting new loot in old content? Everybody would piss and moan about that. I bought an expansion for $40, and you're putting new guns in old content? I already own that content, Bungie. That's what people would complain about. There's not a way to reach back into old content and make it relevant in paid content without ticking everybody off. They would be like, what am I paying for? I'm paying for new stuff, new loot, new destinations, and new activities... And you're going back into what Leviathan and Last Wish and Blind Well and making them relevant. Now, I've consistently said that I think for seasonal content, it would be good to go back and repurpose those activities for free. But I wouldn't do that in an expansion. No one's going to want to pay for that. Why am I gonna pay? Now, for core activities like strikes and stuff, I think that's a little bit different for them to say, Strikes, Gambit, and Crucible are getting new loot in this expansion. I think people would expect that and be okay with that. But reaching into an old raid or something and being like, we really want to make sure this two-year-old content's relevant. Not new loot, but it should be there to experience and play the game in the order intended. The story's too good to just throw away. You guys are just being ideologists, man. The game's moving forward, it's evolving, and they're ripping stuff out to make space for new. Your ideology about this kind of doesn't matter. This is such a pointless conversation. They're literally ripping out four planets in the Leviathan. Why are we even talking about this? (laughs) Why even talk about this? It's just your thought about what they should have done, and they're not doing it. (laughs) That's just... It's a live game. It moves forward. Things fall off and become irrelevant. You know what I mean? I I don't know. I don't want to stay on this any longer. I don't feel like we're going to get anywhere with people that are kind of having like this utopian pipe dream world where this game is always relevant and four year old content sticks around and still matters and is playing and, and you force a new player to play through it all like think of the think of the insanity of telling somebody that welcome to destiny super awesome stuff happened on Europa stasis weapons ice wow fireworks now hang on a minute new player you can't go do any of that you need to go play three years worth of content and campaign grind Who in the heck is going to do that? Like, you're going to make a new player do all that? They should have to experience the Red War and Osiris and Warmind and Forsaken? That's absurd! (laughs) That is absolutely absurd! The option should be there is the argument. Well, the content's getting ripped out, so sorry, Charlie. It's not possible. King Keys with the next question. With Bungie featuring two different hunt activities, what could they do to differentiate differ, differentiate uh, them from each other to avoid feeling samey? I mean, I think the one is tied to the lieutenants, and the other is tied to whatever we're doing with Osiris and uh, Osiris and Aldrin. So I don't think they're gonna feel samey. I, I would hope that the ones with the lieutenants are kind of like the uh, the Baron fights, but are grindable with loot they got to be grindable with loot. I can't see... I think whenever they make content like this, there have to be two factors put into place. Number one, repeatable content. It needs to be loopable. Number two, give me me a, a loot incentive. We need both. The Baron fights had neither. It was like they weren't really repeatable unless it was the flashpoint, and even that's debatable about how repeatable it is and there was like zero loot incentive a couple of unique armor drops right now in walk nightmare hunts it's close it's close it's repeatable there's difficulty spectrum you get better rewards when you go up in difficulty but the loot incentive was weak it should have been a little bit better than it was like nightmare hunts are very very close so that's what I would do with the, the lieutenant hunts or the empire hunts or whatever they're called empire hunts to the other hunt thing it's in like the public space or whatever that's probably going to be like your garden variety tower event contact event forges from black armory that's just like throw away seasonal content you know I I don't expect that to be super in depth it's a $10 season from what I'm looking at right now It looks like we're getting a pretty good $10 season we're getting a story we're getting cool characters we're getting an activity more than likely there's going to be a loot grind attached to it I don't think the loot grind for contact and tower event was good I think it sucked I think the loot grind for sundial and the black armory forges was way better there needs to be a more clearer transmission of loot and if I'm going to grind something like that um, I, I would have the loot drop though remember, remember, I would have the loot drop in the actual world, in the actual activity I wouldn't be putting it in um, in like a bounty system or, an, or, or a fast food ordering menu like we did in Sundial Um, So Sundial and the Black Armory Forges had great loot uh, intentionality and farming, like a targeted farm, but I don't think the logistics were good. I think the loot should be dropping in the game itself, and I think they really need to work toward that. That's way more exciting. Going to the tower with seven umbrals isn't the same as seeing an umbral drop here and there and then checking it for the roll and checking it to see if it's what you wanted. So, Han Solo. Do you think this season could be left hanging? Zivu Arath is the last Hive God sister and is all about war. Do you think that they will make her strike just make her a strike like Soul. I honestly don't know. If you listen to what Joe Blackburn says, there are dominoes being set up and the last one's going to fall, leading to Witch Queen. So I think this is the beginning of a year long, slightly shorter than a year long um... Story development with Savathun. I have no predictions on what they're going to do with Zivu Arath. I mean, th- th- that could that could end in this season or the next. It's tied to a larger story with Savathun as a uh, as a precursor and a runway to Witch Queen. And this is all this has been stated in the video. I'm not I don't get into speculation too much about that kind of stuff. Um, but I think they gave us clear indication in the video that it's 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 Savathun's plans. I mean, I directly quoted it's. Um, up here he said at the end of year four she's gonna knock down the dominoes and we're gonna see what she's really been up to so i think you get a clear indication there that they have plans for the savathun story to uh to continue to sort of um evolve and develop and we're we're playing a part in that the last we With the vid doc yesterday, we saw that the season story differs from the main story. Do you feel like Bungie is going down this path so if you don't buy the season, you can still understand the main story and the season just adds more depth to the world? Well, I don't really know how they're going to handle the actual non-paying customers in this regard. Are they, I don't think they're going to get cutscenes and dialogue and all of that. I wouldn't think they would. I think you'd have to be a paying consumer. Now, all of it's happening in the world, so if they do similar Dreaming City-style stuff to Europa, everybody can go to Europa. So, I would think they'd at least be able to see the story develop there. I mean, in many respects, I... I I'm I, I care so little about the free players anymore. They get so much as it is. Um, they get so much as it is. I'm, I'm just not really concerned if they get story or if they get dialogue or cutscenes or they know what's going on. I kind of just don't give a crap. It's like, if you're not paying, enjoy what you get. You know what I mean? My theory is the raid unlocks the Deep Stone Crypt and it's its own area like the Dreaming City. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be pretty cool. Um by the way guys thank you for a huge turnout today if you're enjoying the stream this is kind of what we do it's live it's interactive it's kind of like a podcast radio show you can keep me on in the background uh we're at 950 likes if we roll that over to a thousand likes that's kind of our daily goal we've been hitting over a thousand viewers without breaking a sweat you guys the support's been incredible subscribing is free on youtube it is different than the other platform clicking the subscribe button doesn't cost anything and this is a live only channel now I will not overwhelm your sub feed on YouTube. Monday through Friday, I'm live, and there's like one or two uploads a week. Very infrequent uploads. Uh, the Rageous Roundtable on the weekends. And then we do a VIP fight night on Friday nights. But again, that's not an upload, that's a live stream. So you can sub in confidence knowing I'm not going to overwhelm uh, your sub feed. Um, so... I'm not too concerned if a free to play player comes in and is like, I don't know what's going on with Osiris and Aldrin and or Crow or you know I don't know what's going on with you know Aramis. I don't care. pay money or, or don't. like it's like, I, I would never expect to go play some game and understand what's going on and understand the the, the campaign and the, and the depth of all that. I wouldn't expect to know any of that if I'm not paying money, you know what I mean? Does game pass count as paid or unpaid? In my mind, that counts as paid because they get Beyond Light. They get the expansion and Game Pass. They got to spend an extra 10 for Season of the Hunt. But they get they get Beyond. They get it. So, Clickfire. Between Luke saying the stranger has a lot to say, Varix and VidDoc talking about secrets and mysteries, do you think there's a major story oh crap moments coming in Beyond Light? I don't know. I don't like to make predictions about this kind of stuff because I they're Bungie's kind of known for saying stuff just just to kind of like it's just part of their lingo and their you know what they like to talk about. I'm actually more interested in the fact that it says there are secrets on Europa and there's a definitive end date. I think it's January the 12th, which is a Tuesday. I'm really interested in what that means. Is that going to lead to is that a rotation? right? What is that, a four-week rotation? Let me let me look at the calendar here. So, game launches on the 10th, so one, two, three, four, no, that's five weeks. So that'd be like a five-week rotation, maybe something's happening on Europa, and it rotates on a five-week, I don't know, maybe it crescendos in like a, a weapon dungeon, like the uh, um, Whisper or Outbreak. There's a variety of, uh, there's a variety of ways to, I think, do that. I'm, I'm interested in that. Some people think that that secrets thing, like, ends on the 12th, is like a week-to-week aspects and fragments thing. Like, there's ways to get them, and that's going to be going on during those five weeks. That's a decent theory, too. We could get the aspects and fragments from the, uh, from the Empire Hunt because um, they all have different abilities and maybe each of them have different drops for the different aspects and fragments and that's why we're hunting them down because they're the dark empire and they're wielding stasis and we need to benefit from their um, you know, from their technology discoveries and their ability discoveries that they've made you know, I, I, uh, I think that could be it as well um, so Strider seeing on the roadmap that the seasons will be 100 plus levels what could be added to improve the seasonal model well that's actually not new lingo so some people saw that and thought that Bungie was going to like start to give you like actual reasons to go beyond level 100 if you go and look at the season of arrivals calendar it's on there as well the term 100 plus levels all that refers to is you can keep leveling up your seasonal rank and get you know every 5 ranks you get like that drop Now, to answer the second part of your question, I just want to clarify that. To answer the second part of your question, it's like, how could they improve the seasonal model? Like, with regards to the season pass, it'd be pretty cool if you could prestige it and get, like, a diminished amount of currency, you know, like, reset it and rank it up again and have an emblem that tracks those resets and then, like, have it actually, you know, giving you something more often than just, like, the Eververse engram or whatever the frick it is. I've been getting a lot of really cool things from that Eververse Ingram. By the way, I got a lot. I got a lot of, uh, of of things that I hadn't got before. So I'm actually kind of a fan of that Ingram. I've gotten some ships and some sparrows uh, from that. That I think is pretty pretty cool because uh, I didn't get them. You know, their greatest hits or whatever. You also have to consider those are great for new players. They're constantly getting cool stuff. You might not be getting a a, a pretty a, a great flow of new ships, sparrows, and ghosts, but the new players are, and that's a really really great value transmission. Like every time they're leveling, like every five levels, they're getting a cool eververse item. Um, but I think a way to prestige it and reset it and have a, and have a reason to do that would be pretty cool. Uh, other than that, you know, I, I'm not I'm not going to get too bent on what I think they could or couldn't do for the seasonal format because we're about to go into a new year with new rules for the seasonal format so it's kind of hard for me to say you know what they could change I think the idea of new seasonal a new seasonal loop and new seasonal like gear to chase like guns and gear to chase I think that's just a good format I think what really is is going to come into question is just how reinvigorated is the game going to feel uh, you know, when you go to, you know, season 13, um, what's that going to look like? Cause if the, what do they call Wrathborn hunts? If the Wrathborn hunts are still around in season 13, what purpose do they serve? Number one. And number two, what, what's the next thing going to be then? What's season 13's activity going to be? Um, the game might start to kind of step on its own toes if you have all these activities happening simultaneously what's the, you know, what's the driver to do each one, what's the relevancy what's the loot incentive for each one Darksider. From the vid doc, it looks like the seasonal activity will be a public event for the third time in a row. How would you improve the public event space and make the activity more light? Okay. People pointed this out in the interim and I actually thought it was a great observation. That area of the Dreaming City is not a match-made, instanced area. You're always by yourself up there, actually. Similarly to when you would drive to the backside of the EDZ to get to the Forge, there's nobody back there but you, right? So... I actually think we may have already some good indications. This will be a match made activity. Now it is "quote unquote" in the public space, but we don't really do much up in that area. I'm not sure where the other areas this is going to show up, but the areas on the Dreaming City that they, um, the, the, the 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 Dreaming City that that area is is an area where you're always by yourself. There's never anybody else up there in that instance. I don't know if that's because of the maybe some of the secrets they put up there, maybe some of the mini missions they put up there, they block that off from having people being in your instance um, I would say that's a decent I'm not gonna say it's matchmaking, but it's a pretty decent clue that there will be some matchmaking up there um I can't see going into year four and saying, here's the centerpiece of the season, it's more public space non-match made failable content. I can't see continuing to do that. If the guillotine did not exist, right, if swords were not like easy button on champs right now, contact public event would not be as liked as it is. People like it because they just absolutely brute force the champs with swords, mainly guillotine, and they ball dupe. If you could not ball dupe, and Swords Were Not Easy Button Spam Fest on the on the champs, on the champions. I don't think Contact Public Event would be getting the pass. I don't believe it deserves the pass. I think it's crap. I do. I think the Contact Public Event is crap. It's literally just waves of enemy and banking moats and there's champions and it's a meat grinder and it's not very rewarding. I think it sucks as an event. For a centerpiece event, it sucks. People like it. Whatever. You're fine. You're welcome to like it. I think it sucks. I thought the inter- the weekly interference mission was better. And I understand the weekly interference mission makes me grind contact a little bit, but I, I would say, please, we- we've got to leave this idea behind. I think it's okay to put something in the public space. I know it's easier for them to do, but I just can't stand the idea of a meat grinder, no matchmaking, and you can freaking fail it. And nobody's failing this because everybody's brute forcing the champions and ball duping so I I don't know no I will say that fandom jumper is making a good point I think the dialogue during contact public public event is actually pretty cool the dialogue is actually pretty cool <laughs> but I don't, I don't think they can redeem the event I don't think the, ev- the event is very high caliber uh, I think they can do better I think they can do better I believe they can do better and I'm hoping that we see that um by the way if you're new and you just tuned in thanks for being here this is what we do safe for work broadcast kind of like a radio show podcast you can keep me on the background this is what we do uh, pick a topic and this is the q a session we're talking about season of the hunt uh paying members have already submitted their questions it's totally free to click subscribe so do that and it's also free to press like we're trying to roll over to a thousand likes you can help us do that when you subscribe here i will not overwhelm your subfeed. this is just a live channel now we don't we almost do almost no uploads So I'm not going to obliterate your sub feed when you sub to this channel. To be fair, says Ash, we almost failed one earlier because of people not running the nights together. That's true, Ash. We did. We almost failed because of that silly mechanic of getting the nights together. A couple of blueberries can ruin it. If it's a public event, what would you alter to improve it? Well, number one, add some semblance of matchmaking. I think you need to communicate to the player, if they press the button and start it, it's gonna put people in their instance. You gotta communicate that to the player. They gotta be able to push the button and know, I'm gonna have people to play with in this- in this event. Number two, I don't think I would make- I would make it really, really, really hard to fail, and then, incentivize quick runs or something, or- or good runs or whatever, and allow people to maybe get better, more- I-, I feel like there should just be a, a clearer reward structure. So when it's the knights, the knights drop something. There's something that they drop. Maybe it's an ornament, maybe it's a weapon, maybe it's a gun. If the boss at the end of the... Whatever it is, okay, whatever it is, whether it's sundial or contact or a strike, if the boss at the end of the content can drop something, I feel that's like always a hook. That always hooks people. You get progress toward interference even if you fail. So that is better than the Seraph Towers. That's true. That's true. But then you don't get the chest and you don't get the reward. So that's only really good for interference mission. That's not good for the event as it's just generally designed. I want the bosses to drop something, man. How? It's such a dumb crescendo. I'm in that space for a reasonable amount of time. I'm killing tons of enemies and I open up a chest at the end and I get... A blue and maybe an umbral? I, I just... I don't understand. It it doesn't even make any sense. Have them drop something, man! The knights... The knights should drop something. So then when it's the knights, you're like, oh, I hate these guys, but I'm still trying to get a really, really good drop on as it's been put in the chat. Treads upon stars with a scout rifle that dropped from Shield Brothers. Like, put a freaking weapon in there. Like... Put a bird on it. Put a bird on it. It's that simple. Put a gun in there, man, and have them drop it. Like, <laughs> it's just, it's just loot, loot pursuit one oh one. If you're gonna create content, put loot in it. It doesn't make, It's such a fruitless endeavor. You spend all this time making content, and you're like, well. We're not really going to put loot in it. We're going to have a thing drop and you take that thing somewhere else and then you get the loot in that somewhere else. Whoever cooked up that loot delivery philosophy, that has got to go. It's got to go. It's one of the worst aspects of year three. Year 3 has given you more control over your loot grind than any time in the history of Destiny, and it's the most boring loot grind that there is, and it's not because you have intentionality and can target farm, it's because you get it from a menu or a bounty. I'm standing in the tower getting six weapons in a row. That, that's not how loot-based games go. Imagine killing an area in Diablo, like in a rift, okay? And ding, 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 these things are dropping. You're like, oh, sweet. And you pick them up and they're tickets. You're like, what am I supposed to do with this ticket? Oh, you go back to town and you give them to De- uh, you give them to Deckard Cain. Stay a while and listen. And then he gives you the loot there. Well, that's boring. I'm getting all my loot back in the tower instead of out in the wild and ding the lights there you pick it up you check it you th- you see if it's better than what you have like it's the drop the drop is the drop is tied to the experience the Herodric cube can help us defeat diablo y- y- it's gonna help it's, it's it's it tethers it tethers your mind to the experience like oh i got this loot in this area you know, I, th- that's just been so lacking in year three and it would it would hurt a game like Diablo, it would hurt a game like Borderlands, you're giving me a freaking arcade ticket, it's like when you go to the arcade and it spits out tickets and you take the tickets to the counter and you see what you can get, It th- that's what it feels like <laughs> the, the uh, people like my Deckard Cain impression so I did a little bit more, <laughs> I did a little bit more um Dr. Slay says, Do you have any tips on overcoming the emotional trauma of Aldrin killing the greatest character in Destiny history? Disagree. I have years of hatred for this character. I don't understand how we're supposed to work with him for a whole season. Well, first and foremost, it's not him. It's not him. It's a different... It's it's Crow, okay? He doesn't have any memory of what he did, and the light has brought him back, which means he's a guardian of light. So you just kind of have to kind of live with it. And second, Cade-6 is not the greatest character. Eris Morn is way better, way cooler, (laughs) way more interesting. I love Cade-6, but he don't hold a candle to Eris. Eris is significantly cooler and more interesting than Cade. I know people are going to be upset about me saying that, but... I mean, I, I this is obviously a slightly uh, you know tongue-in-cheek question. I, I think we'll get over it. We'll realize like this is actually a different person. And in essence, this is a different person. It's not him. It's the guy that killed Cade died in an act of revenge and vengeance, and this is not him. So Poet Anderson with season of the hunt being attached to Beyond Light, and because of the massive delay, will it be shorter season than Undying? Uh, on how Undying was shorter, or because Bungie had to push it back further? Yeah, it says it's going. It says it's going to um, February, and we have no idea what's happening with the other seasons because you can order right now the edition that comes with every season. That's like literally in the verbiage. So I don't know what they're gonna do. My theory would be this how many actual weeks did they push this back right so November the 10th this was supposed to land on what September when was it supposed to launch September the 8th was that the original launch date of beyond light September the 8th I think that was Um, that's one two three four that's four weeks five six seven eight that's eight weeks it's it's nine weeks Oh wait, it's it was nine seventeen. Oh September twenty second. Okay, wait 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 wait. It might just be eight weeks then. That's right. It was pretty late in September. No, you're right. It was it was the twenty second. Let me count that again. One two, okay that's two weeks. Three four five six. It's seven weeks. Now, all right, with it being seven weeks, they have three seasons remaining. You could literally shave two weeks off of each season, and you're pra- and you've practically solved the problem. A lot of the seasons got really weak in the third month anyway. So you just shave 2 weeks off of every season and then you could shave 1 off of this. You shave 1 week off of this season and then it fits. You got rid of the you got rid of the 7 weeks that we pushed everything back. I could see them doing that. That would be a very not super noticeable squish. They're squishing the other seasons slightly smaller to make them all fit. You know, two weeks I, no one's gonna sweat that I don't think I can't believe they took two weeks out of this season usually the last two weeks nothing's going on anyway you know so that's a prediction that I'm gonna make and or or the other prediction is that November just becomes the new expanse in launch time as Rain is saying I, that's another decent prediction that they're like, you know what? That's not going to work. Every season is built to last this many months, and if you shave those two off, it's going to throw everything off. So just shove it all back. Just shove back the launch to November. I think that's always a bummer, you know, for for people like me that that do streaming because it's like... I always loved November being kind of a dead month, you know? September and October were big and then November kind of died down and I could take my trips and go see family and holidays. That's not a reason to legislate launch dates too, but for me personally I don't like the November launch date, but that's not that's not a reason to do it any differently. <laughs> I did like the September launch date, though. It made it really nice. It made traveling really nice. Like, December and November were just dead. You know, nothing going on in the game. It was real easy to travel. It also, okay, it also pairs up really well with how long they take breaks. They take a pretty long break, like, post-Thanksgiving, like, all of December. They, like, shut the most of the studio down. So... And, and, November is a super, super full month almost every year for launch date. So, I, I, they may they may want to just shave two weeks off of every season and one week off of off of a Season of the Hunt to get those seven weeks, and then you're good to go. So, we are so close to 1,000 likes, guys. What a huge day. Thank you so much. LL Brood. Hey, Lono, to speculate a bit, the new PE is an area... Uh, in the DC, where I believe you cannot match make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody already pointed this out. Sorry, Brood. We're stealing your thunder. Uh, only Guardians could go there. Yeah. Sorry, Brood. We stole your thunder. Somebody made this observation earlier, and I, uh, I just added that to somebody's answer a little bit ago, so sorry about that, Brood. Bird bro based off the roadmap are you satisfied with the ratio of free to pay content they've shown uh think it's fine the way it is or could use some adjusting for example moving things to make people feel they've gotten their money's worth but still have enough to keep their free players interested i'm actually surprised it took this long for this to come up 12 questions in because i think this is actually a huge problem a huge problem seriously You think they're going to take a normal break this year? Yeah, I think they will. Mm -hmm. I think they'll take a normal break, yes, even though they're working from home. Maybe it'll be a little bit shorter. It might be a little bit shorter, but I still think they do. Um, I didn't want to start the Q&A off with that. So, we've been, um, we've been kind of, you know, beating this to death. But I think it's a huge problem. Huge problem. We have the best problems. Many people are talking about our problems, and they say they're excellent problems. Um... Uh, this is a huge problem because it's it, it looks like free players are getting so much stuff, and I don't have a clear picture as to what I'm paying for. I genuinely think that when you go to the splash page for Season of the Hunt or Beyond Light, there should be two buttons to push, free to play and purchase, and so when I hit purchase, what am I getting I don't want to see all that free-to-play stuff like the free-to-play stuff should gray out I know I'm getting that what am I getting for the $40 everybody gets Europa what do I get on Europa's as paying as a paying consumer what yeah, I listen I I highlighted this problem during season of arrivals it's like I get three things that they don't get what and a lot of the stuff I get I just get it earlier than them what the frick You know, Lono said we're still two months away. Just waiting to let you know. Well, shut the frick up, Avenger. I honestly had no idea that we'd be getting to the end of October and still be gray on this stuff. Now, in my defense, the seasonal information, I think, is enough to spend the 10. It's a campaign. It's an activity It's separate from Beyond Light. I think you can buy the $10 season right now in confidence. You know, you get the season pass. You know, you get a campaign, cutscenes, a storyline, and activity. It's the 40. It's like, what is the 40 for? So, they did finally put meat on the bones for the $10, so I'm giving them credit for that. If you are a Game Pass holder, and you're gonna get Beyond Light for free, right now, I think you can be like, yeah, that's worth $10. That's not bad. An actual storyline? You know? A grind, and activity, loot, blah blah blah. Like, you can spend the $10. I think no problem. It's the $40 that I'm super in the dark about. Now, I said this yesterday to Hezen when he called in. A lot of us that are saying this, are gonna play anyway, and we've already pre-ordered. So maybe Bungie's like, eh, they'll find out when they get there. Who cares? Like, it, it could be as simple as that. That they're like, eh. The number of people that are on the fence to pre-order is typically about this amount, and that's about the, you know, the amount of people that we feel are on the fence. You know... If sales projections and pre-orders were in a shambles or bad, they would start giving us a whole lot more information. The fact that they're not, they probably are solid. It's like, yeah, sales projections are good, pre-orders are good, free-to-play and Game Pass is gonna be a massive frickin' funnel of new players, we're fine. You know? A handful of people have have, have cancelled their pre-orders, you know what I mean? It's a scummy business practice that's basically a gamble for players. I think scummy is a little hyperbolic. Um, it's a little hyperbolic because it's not a gamble for you. You don't have to buy it if you don't want. You don't have to buy the scratch-off ticket. It's you know what I'm saying? You don't know what's underneath the scratch-off. You don't know if you're going to win any money. That's your choice to buy the scratch-off. It's your choice to buy the content. They're giving you so much for free, they're honestly giving you an easy out as a skeptical player. You could be like, I'll just wait and see. I'll go to Europa, I'll check some stuff out, I'll go to, uh, I'll go to uh, Cosmodrome, check that out, I'll kind of see what it's like, and then I'll decide to buy if I want. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't think it's scummy. No one's putting. No one's forcing you to do anything right now. You can totally sit on the sidelines for a week. Now, obviously, if you got your collector's edition like me and you want to jump in day one raid race, well, that's a value that's important enough to you for you to spend the money and kind of gamble. You're like, oh, I don't know, you know? You ever wonder why they don't issue pre-order cancellation numbers? I have no idea. Apparently, the Halo Infinite uh, director, um, Chris Lee, has left the project. Uh, that's interesting what's it say? What's the rest of that tweet say it says uh, this is the second Halo Infinite director to depart in two years another sign of the game's turbulent development yeah that's not looking too good free to play was a mistake and it never should have happened and should go away that's all I have to say you know um, how do you quantify a business mistake Uh, a business mistake when you if you measure it and quantify it would have to be one that has uh, lowered probably lowered margins and earnings and I have a sneaking suspicion it's done the exact opposite (laughs) I have a sneaking suspicion that free to play has actually been very 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 lucrative uh for um for Bungie, <laughs> I, I don't know, dude. I don't know. I think they have such a loyal base of purchasers that free to play has done nothing but add money to the bottom line. You know, um, uh, clap for you. Do you find it interesting? Aldrin is wearing Spider's colors. I didn't really notice that. I, I, I you know, I don't think that. I don't know how much that matters. Um, love the channel. The Blue Jays are leaving for the winter. Is that like a special code? Are, am I supposed to do something? Am I supposed to respond? You know, the Blue Jays are leaving for the winter. Yes, and the cold breeze from the north really, really stings. Is that like a code? <laughs> Is that a code? Did I win the prize? Are you Mr. Beast? Am I I about to get a million dollars? Message received, yeah. (laughs) Message received. Lono is an operative. (laughs) Lono is an operative. (laughs) I don't work for the CIA, but now you'll never know. Anyway... Uh, Next question from Joseph Young. (laughs) Do you think Bungie has spent a little too much time advertising the Witch Queen? What? Uh, The current season and the next season seem oriented to build up for year five, while Beyond Light still seems shrouded. Man, this is actually a good observation. It is. This is a good observation. They just introduced Aramis, and she seems a little out of the frame. It's more about... Yeah, I like this observation. I wonder if they're really trying to keep things secret, like Beyond Light and Europa and Stasis and the and and the Stranger and all that is actually going to lead to some big surprises. And they're, uh, you know, they're having to keep it kind of shrouded. And they can be more generic about Savathun. I mean, these are just story elements. It's not content elements, you know? I don't know. I like this observation. I do. I do. It adds some credence to me saying that they're trying to keep things you know kind of secretive kind of on their own um i don't know they're killing it delays lackluster content free to play was an excuse to stop meeting expectations nothing more nothing less no i don't think you can say that the delay has anything to do with uh profitability and lackluster content again has nothing to do with profitability i can be making a killing i can be making a killing and delay a project launch, I can be making money hand over fist and have some not so great lead ups to to a to an expansion. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, just because the content's been a bit lackluster in year three and they had to delay Beyond Light, that's that's correlation, not causation. I don't necessarily think that's indicative of them not making tons of money. I mean, in the vid doc, Luke Smith talks about expanding and hiring new people. I don't know. I don't know the 9 subclasses are not free to play 3 per Uh, there's not 9 new I think she was saying 9 total right how do they do that anyway yeah is stasis free to everybody Uh, ratchet sorry if you've covered this but do you think there's enough on the new season page to get people to buy it I think we need a bit more info I think knowing there's an actual campaign with cut scenes and an activity, that's good enough for me because we also know there'll be a season pass with armor, weapons, and ornaments. I think that's fine for the 10. I think that's fine for the 10. Stasis is for paid only. Got it. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I, I'm, I'm, I, I don't think that's an issue. I think Beyond Light is what's really shrouded right now, not the season. Inazuma says I don't believe that anyone has addressed this you can see a new hive type at 1228 that is clearly a cabal body does this mean Bungie will add new units even for seasonal content going forward keep in mind what's happening on that actual um, on the actual activity Zivu Arath is summoning Fallen in Cabal and corrupting them she's like turning them into her army so they're going to be maybe hybrid units Um, maybe a little Takenified kind of a thing like it'll be the unit but not the unit it'll behave a little bit differently or maybe you're just seeing a screenshot of or or some video footage of something changing Um, so it is interesting actually this is really interesting from a lore perspective that they're not using Taken they're using something else to corrupt and create an army so it's like what Oryx did as the Taken King, but it's different. I wonder, I wonder what that, what that could mean long term with respect to like their plans and the Taken themselves and if she is the Taken Queen what is Zivu Arath doing then? They don't have the ability to take, but then why do they refer to Savathun as the Taken Queen? She's referred to as the Taken Queen and the Taken are doing her bidding in some respect, So they can control the Taken, but they can't take? She has Kariah. Karaya has the ability to take. Oh, got it, got it, got it, got it. That's kind of cool that they're going to grow. They're essentially going to grow maybe two armies, two forces then. They have one that's taking, one that's corrupting. Wait. What if that's the sword? What if that's our what if those are our next darkness subclasses? a stasis subclass, a corrupting subclass like decay, right? and then a taken subclass maybe we've got it, maybe we've already got the information right in front of us um, yeah that'd be pretty cool I'm pretty certain we're gonna get taken subclasses I'm gonna do, I think that might be the topic for tomorrow uh, more, I'm sorry, more darkness subclasses given what's said in the, uh, the heads up in, in the UI Kuraya, yeah, whatever uh, Archon's Forge. How do you think Bungie will incorporate no time to explain into the season of the hunt? It'll probably be an award uh, from the Stranger. They'll they'll probably have us go on some quests for her, and then we'll just kind of get it. Um, so I, it'll be something like that. Rumor has it Sabathun might flee might flee to the Dreadnought to acquire the Tablets of Ruin, which teaches you how to take and that would be a great way to bring the the, um, the dreadnought back into frame they could do that over the summer because that's supposed to be he says she's going to push all the dominoes down and that's going to lead to uh, year five that's going to lead to witch queen alpha with the next question Maybe it's just me, but I've seen a lot of pushback on the Big Crow reveal for the next season. Would you prefer marketing to lead towards gameplay and leave narrative focus? No, they've done this, and the reason they do this is the community gets to enjoy that moment together, instead of having a bunch of douche spoil it on Reddit, 4chan, Twitter, YouTube, you know, purple platform chat, YouTube comments, you know, more console throws it into a thumbnail, and ruins it for everybody. That's not any shade, I like more console <laughs> <laughs> but he always puts spoilers in his thumbnails. I had to mute him on Twitter. <laughs> I had to mute him on Twitter. <laughs> I was like, I didn't want to see that. Uh, but I think that's their that's their new um, that's their new way of doing it. They're gonna they're gonna let us kind of celebrate. They let us celebrate, Cade, like, not celebrate. They let us kind of experience Cade's death together as a community, so it doesn't get data mined and leaked and spoiled. So. Aldrin coming back as the crow and being the centerpiece of a season we all got to kind of see that moment of a knight standing over Osiris and slam a sword comes through and there he is like that was a cool moment that we experienced communally instead of it being sort of this this trickle out of spoilers from all the douche wagons of the internet you know what I'm saying so Ashen Hollow uh, was expecting a perk review too much from the vid doc no, no, I, maybe not a perk review but something in that realm I think was a fair expectation and let me explain why if you go watch the forsaken vid doc and you watch the Shadowkeep keep vid doc they comb over quality of life changes and improvements to the core gameplay experience, the artifact, the mods on the artifact, armor 2.0, the customization build crafting, it was all there it was all there in that vid doc and this vid doc had aspects and fragments now unfortunately aspects and fragments would have been a bit of a bombshell like wow look at that that's so cool but we had already seen it I think the delay made them shovel out information earlier or maybe in a way they weren't originally planning and that eroded some of the potency of the vid doc I think aspects and fragments would have been a whoa check that out kind of moment and it wasn't you already knew so the first 10 minutes you're like I know that, I know that, I know about that, I read that blog post. It's hard for it to land, I think, and have impact because you already know about it. So a good example, if you already would have known about armor 2.0, build crafting all that customization, if you already would have known about the artifact, leveling the artifact infinitely and it having its own mods, if you already knew about all that, you'd have been like I uh, I don't I, I wouldn't have landed it would have mattered in the in the in the vid doc. You know what I mean? So, uh, Ina Inazuma says in the vid doc we can see the old iron banner hand cannon and scout rifle when is a reasonable time to expect Bungie to bring actual new weapons to iron banner should we expect a new armor iron banner is a touchy one for me because it's free to play it's free to play somebody came up with this and I think this is how they should do it I think non paying players should get all the old iron banner stuff I think anybody who's hold I think season pass holders should be getting new drops in Crucible, Iron Banner, Vanguard, and Gambit. If you go and play Gambit, Vanguard, Crucible, or Iron Banner, and you're a non paying customer, non paying guardian, you should get everything that's old. That's fair. You're not paying any money. So politely shut the frick up. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not fair. What do you mean not fair? You're not paying any money. Season pass holders should get different loot. Do you see what I'm doing? I'm keeping the funnel of accessibility open. Anybody can play Crucible. Anybody can play Iron Banner. That's good, right? You're not fragmenting your player base. That's good for matchmaking. That's good for population. However, Season Pass holders should be getting better stuff, cooler stuff. They should get the loot. That's what I would do with Trials, by the way. In Season 13, when they introduce new weapons and gear in Trials, I think you shouldn't be able to get it unless you're holding the Season Pass. That way all these cheaters keep giving money to Bungie every time they get banned. They gotta come back in and buy the season again. That's a slight barrier of entry. And at least you're making money off these morons. Pay to win? That's not pay to win. No, it's not. Is it pay to win when I buy the DLC and can get guns that you don't? That's not pay to win is it pay to win when I buy an expansion or I buy the season pass and I can get the loot from the black armory forges or the menagerie and you can't get them that's not pay to win that's the way these games work you buy the content you get the new content the new content comes with loot if you're not paying for the new content and not getting the new loot suck it like seriously genuinely suck it you're a free to play player why why do you get all the stuff you shouldn't get anything you're not you're not you're not you're not paying. You're not paying any money. Like, what do you mean pay to win? Buy the content if you want all the new stuff. It's that simple. Five and six years into the end of the franchise, they should be handing you new loot. No, get the frick out of here. Swipe the credit card for ten bucks. Shut the frick up. Like, I'm not trying to be mean, but come on. Number one, that's not pay to win. Number two, you have got to be incentivizing a purchase or rewarding people for actually being a paying consumer. you know what I mean Like, gameplay is free anybody can play there's tons there's tons of loot dropping there's tons of things for you to use and if you want the new digs and the new awesome stuff then you gotta buy I, I buy every expansion I was just bringing up the argument some might well no you're right I mean Morai you're right I mean people do say that they're like isn't that pay to win I'm like was it pay to win when I bought House of Wolves and could get guns that you couldn't get no that's just how these games work (laughs) that's just how these games work you know what I mean and and usually weapons aren't that clear of a like an advantage like oh my gosh I won because I had this thing like that's not that's not how it works (laughs) that's not how it typically works so if OP comes out I'm sorry if stasis comes out and it's OP but you don't have it it's pay to win right you know yeah and uh, that's just the way it is. That's what I would say. I know you're being silly, but yeah, I, I would call that person Cupcake. I'd be like, "Suck it up, Cupcake. If you want stasis and it's being a, it's a, it's giving you headaches in the crucible and you're having a hard time and you're really grumpy and angry, then buy the content. Like that would be my response. It's that simple. Hi, I'm here and have paid nothing. Okay, great. I would like everything you have. What? Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What did you say? <laughs> I'm here and expect everything for zero dollars. <laughs> I don't care about those types of players. If you're a free-to-play player, and we get into you know November, and you're going to the forums to complain about pay-to-win, I mean, I'll, I'll just I'll just drink those tears for breakfast. Like no one cares about you. <laughs> no one cares about your opinion with your zero dollars. you you know we don't care about you you take your zero dollars and go somewhere else do you know how much you get for zero dollars you get like entire planets entire loot pools you can just play take your zero dollars and go somewhere else (laughs)
1: Uh.
0: didn't the people who didn't pay for the taken king get shadow shot and whatever else for free Yeah, I think the subclasses in Taken King were free, but all the loot, all the loot, you you had to own the expansion to get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Buy a gun or the expansion, they both lead to content. One might be slightly illegal, but hey. What? What are you talking about? A better phrase would be pay to be viable? Yeah. Or just... Or just you're not entitled to anything maybe (laughs) I pressed a button on my controller or mouse and installed the game and that means I'm entitled to everything no I'm afraid it doesn't (laughs) I'm afraid it doesn't so alright that's a good Q&A session 20 questions rated an hour long if you're listening to this and you're like man this was really enjoyable as long as you're a paying member uh, and you click the join button you can submit these questions we do this live on the air Uh, if you're listening to the past broadcast or recording you can always catch me live at sntrlive.com we do these streams Monday through Friday if you're here right now in the audience we're not shutting down be sure you're subscribed be sure you've smashed the like button those are free ways to help out the channel it's free to subscribe by the way subscribing and joining are different if you subscribe to this channel I will not overwhelm your sub feed this is a live only channel now you see the links down here at the bottom sntr videos.com is all the videos that's an archive channel that's so if you want the uploads the individual uploads we are going to transition to vip call-ins that is a tier of support you can select that allows you to call in and speak to me live on the air about these subjects as opposed to just writing it in the chat so vips in a moment are going to be signing up for you know, calling in and what they want to talk about. And if you're listening to this elsewhere, you can always come in and hang out with us. Be sure to bookmark SNTRnetwork.com for all my content in one location, schedules and videos, everything hits that. So bookmark SNTRnetwork.com. And as always, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This can be the VIP call-in session that followed my talk about Season of the Hunt. If you're listening to this as an audio podcast anywhere that it hits, you can always catch me live at SNTR Live. Dot com sntr live.com if you want all my content in one location bookmark sntr network.com the videos the schedules everything is there rageous roundtable uh, repeat theater and sntr presents so bookmark sntr network.com our first caller is unholy taco uh, first time calling in it says here you want to talk about weird inconsistencies in the calendar and marketing go ahead sir maybe you need to unmute yourself are you there unholy you have to tap the little microphone in order to talk there you go sorry
1: about that okay all right uh so thank you for having me but uh so yeah i wanted to bring this up because we kind of talked about it a little bit yesterday and uh kind of wanted to elaborate on uh kind of what some of us were saying um me personally i i kind of see value in the beyond light already and uh not too worried about it but there is some stuff for paying customers and uh who are still on the fence about this that is really weird to see like with the calendar uh, especially uh the beyond light side compared to the free to all players side is very lackluster and uh certain things like uh inconsistency wise as far as marketing they've done in the past and stuff that they seem to have changed now uh Cause on the season of the hunt, it says the glassway strike opens. And if that is the new strike we're getting, uh, I could have sworn strikes have been free since they broke free of Activision and on the free to player side, it says that the new strike is there and they've never marketed old stuff coming back as new things. Mm -hmm. So for, for people that are kind of on the fence, um, I get most of us could look and see, you know. Hey, the Beyond Light emblems there, that means it's with the, you know, it, it comes with the DLC. So that's what you're getting for paid content. Well, people will see that, but then they'll also see new strike under free and start getting confused on well, what is it that we're actually paying for? What is it that's actually free? Or are they changing it up without telling us, are we getting the Cosmodrome uh, strike free since it's redone? And that's what they're saying is the new strike. And the newest strike for Europa is the one we're paying for.
0: This is why <clears throat> usually they do some type of a video where they're like, you're going to do this, and this activity is going to be like this, and if the glassway strike is an activity, I, I think this is a really good observation, and I I, I think I did this in passing yesterday, but I, it's good to make it again. It does say on the free to all players, it says new strike added to playlist, and then the glassway strike opens, it has an actual Beyond Light symbol next to it, meaning that's something for paying consumers, the people who own Beyond Light, either through Game Pass or through direct purchase. So, Empire hunts begin, and the Glassway strike opens. That all happens day one for paying players. So, to me, I I agree with you. that If that's literally just a fancy way of saying the strike is there, number one, they have it marked with the wrong icon, and number two, it would be really weird to literally put a strike on the calendar. Like, what? It, like... So I, I think that's a good observation. I, I think yesterday I basically honed in on Empire Hunts Begin, Glassway Strike opens, and Uncover Europa's secrets. Those are all three Beyond Light things on the calendar. What are those? Are they loopable content? Are they grinds? Is there loot attached? Is there guns attached? You know, what are these what are these things? Is the Glassway Strike an underground area? It looks like it might be underground. Like maybe that's something that opens up that we get to you know, get to try to enjoy. Um and I don't know. I think, to the other part of your question, um, I would love to see a clearer line drawn between paid and not paid. Um, yeah. And I brought this up during Season of Arrivals, and we keep bringing it up, and I don't know if Bungie cares. I They seem to think, or either they're, they're acting upon um, maybe the fact that... W- we're all buying anyway. Like their projections and their pre-orders are right where they want them. Because if not, I think they would really try to capitalize or, or or dogpile on like here's what you get when you pay. You know, here's the laundry list of things that you get when you when you buy. Because right now it is. It's it's it looks like it's a ton of free stuff and then a little bit of extra stuff. And I know and I know Stasis is awesome and Raid will probably be great. But when I look at a forty dollar purchase, you know traditionally. Dreaming City and the Tangled Shore weren't free so you thought in your mind at least like that's part of what you're buying you're buying that area, yeah. you're buying that access, well now you're not so I don't want to get really really down into the into the minutiae here and act like well because you made Europa free to play, you now have to add more for me as a paying player, I'm not going to get that, that gets a little ridiculous but I would say Man, there better be actual things on Europa that are reserved for me, you know, activity, loophole pool, something.
1: Yeah, and, and to add to that too, with the uh, list that they do for the uh, Beyond Light, uh, it, it does specify that it's all for launch day, uh, for the free and the um, uh, for the free to play and for the Beyond Light users. But why couldn't they also just put the uh, Empire Hunts there too? Because that comes out the launch day. Or they Mm -hmm. they could have, you know, that list there for people to read. And if they put the strike under free-to-play, and that's referring to the Cosmodrome strike, they could have, if the Glassway is the new strike for Europa, then they could have put that under free-to-play, or they could have put that under uh, Beyond Light as well for people to better just read down that list. Because right now there's three bullet marks for paid players and ten for free.
0: Right, and they really fill it in too because they're like Stasis Unlocks and they put Titan, Behemoth, yeah. Warlock, Shade Shadebender onto <laughs> Revenant.
1: Um, and and to, to be fair to the free-to-play thing though, is if a game does go free-to-play, you are going to see a lot more free-to-play aspects than you are paid aspects because you're adding on to what's already free. But since it wasn't always like that, I I see where people's criticisms, criticisms for that are coming from.
0: And it, it's so... It's almost a little, ob- <laughs> maybe obnoxious. When you go to the free to all players, all of the bullet points except for Iron Banner and the Dawning and then the Seasonal Ranks, they all start off with new. New Destination, new Cosmodrome, new Season, new Strike, new Lost Sectors, new Artifact Mods, new Triumphs. Like, it's like new, 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 new. And it's like, whoa, <laughs> wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> you know, where where where's the paid stuff? You know, I get a campaign subclass and an exotic quest I'm sorry what like that's a $40 purchase and obviously you go and look at the calendar and that's why I think I zeroed in on Empire Hunts, Glassway Strike and Undercover Europa Secrets because it's like oh and the raids are we know a raid's almost always thrown in so to me I, I think that's a totally legitimate like question to ask. Whoa, what is Empire Hunts? What's Glassway Strike? What's uncover Europa secrets? And yeah, earlier, you know, Avenger was like, "Well, that's, you know, I'm gambling then if I buy it." Well, I mean, I I kind of pushed back and I was like, "You can wait, you know, I wonder if that's just their attitude. They're like, yeah, most of the most of the dedicated audience is going to buy no matter what. We don't need to make wake up waste marketing capital and webpage space talking to them. We need to really try and get more players in that are free. The dedicated players are going to play no matter what. There it's not like there's this giant giant quantitative or quantifiable group of the community that's like, I'm not going to buy until I know what the glassway strike is. Like there's not I think that there's just too many people that buy no matter what. And the and the people under the uh, you know on the fringes here that are like I'm going to wait, I'm going to sit on the fence, I'm going to hold off, I'm going to cancel my pre-order. They're they're probably too small in number for Bungie to be like we really need to make sure the splash page highlights paid versus free or we need to make a separate video for paid players. Like they're they're probably measuring it as just it's not important cuz we're we're so long into the franchise's life that most people are just buying it no matter what.
1: Yeah, and that's that's kind of where I'm at, too, is um, I, I'm in the middle of where I see both sides of the criticisms. But for me, I am I know I'm going to play, you know, the year's worth of content and be completely fine with it. So the price point for me is fine. Uh, but again, just pushing back for the uh, criticisms of both sides and, and uh, kind of where they, I guess, are a little bit unrepresentative of the uh, paid side.
0: Well, and, you know, and Avengers says, what about the people who buy the Collector's Edition? It sells out day one. Yeah, that's that's demand, though. They've created a product with such demand that if you want it that bad, you have to buy. Like, I... (laughs) I don't know, it would be like they launch a brand new phone and the demand's so high you know, you go and buy it and you don't know if it's gonna run stable or be great or maybe it's gonna have problems or fail rate or whatever. I mean, look at the consoles. You have no idea if the console is gonna run well or or be a, you know, really, really bring what you want because you don't maybe you don't have a firm grasp on all the games that are coming out or something like that. Like, but the demand is so high that you buy because you're like, I don't want to be the guy who doesn't have it. And... The collector's edition, you know, puts the same, you know, puts the same info out there. We get the specs on the console. Well, sure, but again even even specs on the console and specs on the phone that has no that doesn't mean that the, the software is going to run well or the software is going to give you what you want or it's going to be a good experience or it's gonna it's gonna be everything you hoped it would be you do sort of buy based on the demand more than the information when there's limited supply limited supply is driving the purchase more than the information that that was that is a hundred percent true with consoles and new phones people are not like scrambling and lining up and camping out because they read a spec sheet it's because they know the demand they're not gonna get one they're gonna have to wait so when the demand is so so high listen uh, yes that gives them a pass to a certain degree they can be like we don't have to say as much we don't have to go out and give all these details people are gonna buy this like it's like it's oxygen and they're drowning like they're they're gonna buy this so fast we don't need to give them a ton of information we've created so much demand for the product that they'll buy it because it comes with the Cade statue. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it's... But but again, that's your choice as the consumer. No one's forcing you to do that. Is the value of the collector's edition strong enough for you to pre-order with knowing as little as we did? That's your choice as a consumer. You didn't have to, you know? The trinkets and the toys that come with it, the lore books... I, you know you could have been like yeah i don't i don't that stuff's not a strong enough motivator for me right now i'm gonna wait and that would be your choice there's plenty of people that probably did that so um any final thoughts uh taco uh
1: no that should be everything uh thank you for letting me come in uh real quick and i know you gotta get to light leap next so
0: yeah yeah no problem man thanks have a good rest of your day all right you too. Yeah, we had to rush a little bit uh, and we're bumping the order around just a touch here so Lightleaf can call in because we've got people on schedules and Lightleaf unfortunately didn't get to the second part of his call in yesterday uh, because OBS and Discord don't like each other when Discord tries to update. So Lightleap it says here, Beyond Light VidDoc story spoilers. What uh, what are you calling in about here?
2: All right. So um, yeah, that was the last thing I wanted to touch on yesterday. Seeming as to what we should know and not know before an expansion. And I'm just curious because there were a lot of people who were saying, um, you know, they, they're not showing everything, you know, they want you to be surprised. So I'm just wondering what these people and also you think about the fact that they spoil, like the first 10 minutes was everything we knew, but the last five minutes were stuff, story spoilers that I would have much preferred to experience in game. I mean, that Aldrin moment, if you play and you don't expect it, your reaction would have been the same as the, the ghosts, right? So I don't really understand. I I, I feel like the stuff we, we've we been asking for to see how how is progression changing, how our game systems updated, it's much more reasonable and much better to show than these kind of story spoilers. This would be perfect to keep secret. This is what I would like to have kept secret. And it kind of worries. I, I don't know what, what this... First, they're secretive about a lot of stuff. And then they spoil something like this. And I don't I don't really know what to make of that. What do you think?
0: They addressed this when they showed everybody that Cade Six was gonna die at E3 during the Sony presser. And they basically said when there's like a really big moment like that, they sometimes want to let us all share it together as opposed to to it being something that gets data mined and then spoiled and then you know it's in thumbnails of YouTube videos and it's on Twitter and Reddit and everything else so like you have to kind of go and, and, and this is six of one half a dozen of the other you could be like well that's fine if people want to be on Twitter and YouTube and Twitch they're just going to have to accept that they're probably going to get that kind of stuff spoiled for them and I think their pushback in this particular situation would probably be two things number one a bunch of the player base is completely unaware that Aldrin got resurrected. So they reshow that scene so everybody understands he's back in play. because um, a lot of people had no idea you had to be doing something very specific to get that cutscene. It wasn't out in front of everybody. And secondly, they would probably also say, It just makes more sense to let us all know he's coming back, he's Crow now, he's not Aldrin, and he's working with Osiris. And that's like a really sort of, oh my gosh, I've got to play that. What's going on with Aldrin? Kind of a marketing aspect. So I think there's like three things going on. Number one, they can clarify to the community that he did in fact get resurrected and he doesn't remember his past. They stressed that in the video. He's now working with us and Osiris. He's he's on the good side. And then number three, it's a great marketing. It's really great marketing because people are going to want to buy that $10 season to work with Aldrin and do those things. So I... I think you could look at this one of two ways. I happen to like being like, oh my gosh, there's this is big hype moment. Everybody's freaking out. Oh wow, he's back, he's back, he's back. I'd rather find out that way and be like, well, that's kind of a spoiler than find out from some douche wagon on Twitter or you know a forum or something like, well, I better avoid literally the entire internet until I play through the entire campaign, which again, that's the risk you take now when like if you're on... If you're on Twitter on Friday after Mando Season 2 starts, you know that day, the entire day, you might see spoilers, right? Yeah, yeah, I made a little joke about more console putting into his thumbnail because I had to mute him on Twitter because he kept putting spoilers in thumbnails. um, Like mine stuff that I didn't want to know about. Uh, I was being cheeky. I have no issues with him. <laughs> uh, So, you know, I, I, I hear where you're coming from, but I do think there's not a right or wrong answer here given the world that we live in now and I know that Bungie did say that that's why they did that with Cade and I bet that's a similar mindset here and I also think this is a twofold problem N- again very few people even know that he's dead that he came back like that the punch of him coming back would have not landed on a lot of people they are like who is this guy you know like why <laughs> didn't we kill him you know
2: I I don't really see that point since the major plot points of Forsaken were still, I mean, they still have to have surprises in the story, you know, which still can be spoiled in the same way. Sure,
0: sure. I think major character spoilers is probably something that they consider when they're putting these together. Like, Cade 6 dying is pretty big. Aldrin coming back and working with us, that's pretty big. They let us know the stranger's coming back. I mean, think about that. That wasn't a surprise either. That they didn't let us boot up and see like this cryptic sparrow, you know, coming up and we're like, "Oh my gosh, it's the stranger." We're not getting to experience that either. They spoiled that in a trailer months ago. I feel like major character developments they've started to say, "No, we're going to let the community experience that together as an announcement as opposed to it being like hidden in the story somewhere." Cuz personally, I see I think it would have been pretty hot to not know the stranger's coming back, and to and yeah, to literally run into her in the campaign. That would have been amazing, you know, head in the sand, no idea what's going on. But I feel like they've started to use marketing as a way to to announce those things.
2: I, I can see that. That's a, that's a good point. Um, I was just like, when I see comments like like Animus who said like I know the Crow reveal actually reinvigorated clanmates desire to play Destiny to me, so I see that. To, I'm just surprised this is a sentiment in the community because usually we see that you know oh the best story happens in lore cards and that the campaigns are never that great and that they're short or not replayable and people complain more about end game and loot incentive and then I see that the crow reveal and basically the weakest part of destiny which is a storytelling visually is the biggest selling point and kind of it's mm-hmm. just confusing to me a little bit
0: well, and hopefully since they're being so cryptic about Beyond Light, I think Chef's making a great point. Don't forget that we had no idea about the pyramid in Keep. Like, that was actually pretty dope when we rounded that corner and there was a right. freaking pyramid sitting there. I'm hopeful that maybe there is something like that. There's something under the ice. There's something in this exo facility and there is going to be a Holy frick! Moment, like I really am going to encourage people: if you don't want anything spoiled, you better stay off Twitter, the purple platform, YouTube, Reddit, all of it, until you're done with the campaign. Because I have a feeling there are some surprises. I don't know. I oh, they, to- yeah. they totally shocked us with the pyramid and Shadow Keep, so there could be more that's like gonna gonna wow us. I
2: I am like, you know, I've been very critical of the of the DLC, and but um i'm i'm 100 convinced that the development in the story will be amazing as usual i mean shadow keep that was a good spoiler but people complained that there was not much development the lore book that they delivered with the collector's edition i feel like there is something huge that we're going to find out or you know or something that's going to happen um like the lore book mentions that that um uh, the clover spray right stepped into some mm-hmm. portal into some yeah. unknown planet. So I don't know. Maybe even like the raid or some activity puts us there. I don't know. I actually think this stuff is going to be nailed as usual. I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt that at all. I th- I'm really looking forward to see what, what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think the story, and I I think that's also where a lot of us are. Is I know they can create great story and cutscenes, and I know that opening week can be really great it's always like what's gonna happen in the aftermath like what's the loop gonna look like what's the what are the guns gonna look like like we don't we haven't even seen a stasis weapon yet i mean are there stasis weapons they made it seem like there were like so that i think i do think a lot of the people forget that the fans that are frustrated right now or don't feel like they're getting enough info i think it's a mingled frustration because you want to jump in and enjoy that story and hear the dialogue and just see the universe of Destiny continue to expand. But you're also kind of like, man, I, I play day-to-day, week-to-week. Like, what, <laughs> what's it going to feel like? Because that's, that's been one of the downfalls of uh, some of their decisions is that the week-to-week, day-to-day play gets thin and not that exciting really quickly. Because there hasn't been you know, good loot incentive and good loot structure. And so I think that's where a lot of folks don't understand why some of us are like, I just don't have enough info yet because it's less about the hype of a new campaign and it's more about the actual core gameplay experience improving in year four and not just being more of the same.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Well, that was all for me. Thank you. Thank you for letting me cut in line too.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no problem. Yeah, we had a bit of a, right. a, dud, a dud yesterday, so. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> no all <worries>. good. <laughs>
2: have a good one.
0: Uh, you too. All right, I'm going to scroll back up uh, to we were at Bird Bro. Bird Bro Meat Potatoes. Let me give you the unmute treatment here. It says here you're calling in about meat and potatoes and seasonal content intertwining. Uh, elaborate on that for me.
3: All right. So, we really good.
0: You are super quiet.
3: Oh, wow. Yeah, here, I can turn hold you on. on. Okay.
0: I don't know, you sounded different earlier. Did you change something?
3: Yeah, I went outside to um, have a little smoke, and I did back inside. But uh, can you hear me pretty well?
0: I, I can make an adjustment here and make it work. Just go ahead.
3: Okay, what about now?
0: Yeah, it's fine. Just go. Yeah, it's fine. You're coming through.
3: Okay, so anyway, um, I... Uh, this came. This actually kind of was spur of the moment because I remember some comments y'all made today. Today during the talk, and I was thinking about that what Destiny could do to like make because because everybody was like, oh, here we go, it's another public event again. And it was like, yeah. And um, and I think if that was Bungie. I think this season was Bungie like taking a lot of what people have been saying they wanted and kind of casting this wide net and trying to see okay what we need to refine. And that's basically what I'm calling in about to, like, kind of, I guess, go do a little... Seeing what we can do to tool this a little better. Because, for one, I think that, you know, the recaster was great. It, it gave us the whole... The idea to focus on what we want. It gave us a... a, a um, what's the one I'm looking for here? Like a, a loop pursuit where we could go and get the thing we want.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: That,
3: basically. But I think also, it kind of had, like a lot of superfluous stuff in there. Or at least maybe that's just my own perception because I got, you know, I got the new stuff, obviously, got my god roll, and then I went and got, like, the eye coloss sniper and, you know, got some updated stuff. But after that, I was pretty much done. It was just basically, you know, your gear farming for wherever you can get your gear. And, and I think the main thing is what people were saying was, like, yeah, nothing really... The the public event isn't special. You just do that as a way of moving on to the next thing. And because you can really just, you can get tons of umbrels. You like, you didn't have to do the event, basically. Right. You can just go running and get umbrels anywhere. Matter. It was so bad that people were like, we talked about this early on in the season. People were literally not playing the game just until they had to do the forages again, fix the forages again, so that people would actually play the content. And so I think, and I like what you said earlier about, um, I like that idea of tiered bosses type of thing. And I was thinking like, yeah, that's, a, that's a definitely a better way to get people to engage better. And they also need to kind of work on like, like fixing some things like making it so that people can't ball dupe and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But for the most part of, I think they could just do a little bit more refining in, in terms of like having tiered bosses and then maybe giving those tiered bosses like different sets of loot and obviously the highest tier boss would have the best loot but it would encourage players to in, to to actually get better and do better and stay in the content that's new but it would all you could also but still keep like like lesser stuff but still um, seasonal relevant stuff into the older content to you know keep it you know alive for people who's who are still doing that content that way it isn't just grinding strikes instead you're trying to master this new event that they have right and not just do it for the sake of doing it because you know you do the event then you go get your pinnacle and i right. just think They're... they have to i think oh i just want to say i think they were they need to work on how they spread the loot because a lot of it is in the recaster and it's like i can i want a way to you know I wanted to, like a guaranteed place to maybe go get me an interference because I'm still trying to get my god roll for interference and truth teller
0: right yeah th- there's two things I want to say here I think we've really hammered home that like year three loot getting from a bounty or the tower needs to stop like we need loot to drop from the actual bosses bring that back um, I today ran two contacts uh, two menageries and interference that's all I did so that's five activities. I had so many Umbrals and so many Engrams, I was leaving them on the ground. So I went back with, I don't know, 9 or 10 uh, Umbrals. So I got 9 or 10 weapons all at once. Instead of getting drops all along the way in those 5 activities and being excited and checking those drops, like, ooh, it popped out of the boss, let me go check it." it, there is no loot. You're giving me a chore. I satisfy the chore, and the content now is disconnected from the incentive. The incentive is completely divorced from it. I, I end. I end two contacts, two menageries, and a, and a and an interference mission, and I get no loot the entire time. I give a rip about. It's all in the tower. Okay? So, number one, that does need to completely and utterly change. I should have been getting drops the whole time and checking them. Number two, something that I don't think we talk enough about is the reason that the public event grind gets so old, there is zero linear experience to it. A strike, you go from point A to B to the end, and I think that grind is more enjoyable for that reason. You're moving. the, The environment changes. The enemies change. There's A, B, C boss, right? And the public event feels like a a a a boss. It's just the letter a the whole time instead of a b c boss. So the lack of linear movement in the sense of moving forward makes everything feel almost like static. And that yep. le- that I think that leads to a, a a quicker a quicker sense of this is this is boring. I'm burned out. It's a meat grinder, right? There's no movement. I think those two things are significant in improving the player experience that would I think make light $10 season content feel a whole lot better.
3: Oh, oh god, please tell me you can't hear the dogs.
0: A little bit, it's not a big deal.
3: <laughs> okay. My neighbor's dogs the minute they come outside and see one thing, it's like oh, better bark at it for 10 hours. <laughs>
0: But yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Did you, I, did, yeah, did you have I anything mean, else to add to that? Because we could, we could always go to the next caller if you don't have anything else. But, but go ahead.
3: But yeah, I was, I did. I like that you say that because one of my favorite, e- like, just regular public events is the, um, is the actually two is the taken one where the taken be like, oh, you kicking our butts, better move over here, and it's like, oh, grab your sparrow, let's go get him. And the other one is the fallen one where you know first it's like. You can do it regular, you can just kill all the things, move to the next spot, kill all the things. Easy peasy. Or you can take a little time and shoot that little thing there and mess up their whole business and uh get some glimmer. And and I and I like why can't they evolve on that? Cuz like you said it's just a, a, a hey, the taken have come in to mess up what you're doing. So better stop them. And it's like you know do something like that make it more mechanical a little bit get people into just being more mechanical about the game instead of just i mean i know it's a looter shooter but you know go beyond the looter shooter see what i did there beyond anyway excuse excuse (laughs) the cringe please excuse the cringe
0: (laughs) if if you've ever done a heroic public event though i think you know they got a dance on the line here if it's too complex or too mechanical it's a freaking nightmare um yeah to matchmake into like menagerie, I, there was a noticeable difference in menagerie the minute they patched the glitch because all the hardcore players left. The people that knew how to run it quickly, they all left, and it was uh, it was definitely the the B squad in there. They were not they were not as good. They didn't seem to get it, um, and so they they got a dance on the line. I think something that Luke Smith said that was helpful was when he talked about menagerie. Is it visually shows you everything you're supposed to do, and I. I think that's a really important thing you know and I, I that's where tower public event just fell on its face there was zero visual cues about anything it was all sound and even then it, it the balls didn't track they could explode if a, something got in your way it was awful like the forges if something got in your way it was funny and you just picked up the ball and threw it again and um, So I think there are some things to glean there from the visual nature of the menagerie and the ease of use of, like, forges. Just make it fun and repeatable. And and here is where I think what you're saying just belongs on a shelf that's up one shelf, right? It belongs in a harder difficulty. We need normal and hard mode, and then you get exactly what you're asking for so then you know if you go up to that level what you're signing up for the bottom rung is match made pretty straightforward pretty easy peasy no fail and then when you want the better stuff the better drop rate the better chances you go up to the harder difficulty and it gets more complex that's why i've been preaching difficulty spectrum for a while now because it it allows content like that to flourish and not feel so flat because I, I mean, I think Sundial was just... It was so close to being the right format. Same with Menagerie. Like, having a hard mode, there was just no strong loot incentive, and those those hard modes fell on their face.
3: Yeah, because, like, I remember the tower event, tragically, because... It's, it's hilarious, because for me, for the crap that I give it, that's actually the very first... That was my step into what I call being a hardcore, because that was the very first seal I got. But, man... When they came out with that hard mode out of nowhere, I was almost crying because I was like, there is no way I'm getting the hard-coded victory triumph. Like, (laughs) no one ever knows what to do. There's no way I'm getting that. And they just made Mm -hmm. it difficult out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. But I just want to talk about what you just said. And I think this is what Bungie needs to do. They need to sit down and just, I think they know everything, but right now they're really just kind of it feels like they're throwing at the wall and hitting some good stuff but they need to just sit down and do like with their raid philosophy and just do a whole content philosophy like you said i think raids they need to be less of on the visual side you go in there and you figure it out that's a raid that's in-game content you and your right. team you go in there and you figure it out but something like this yeah there there are lots of ways they can give us cues one we have the little text box on the side and then we have the character just coming chiming in like, hey, you need to maybe throw that ball at that thing over there. Hey, maybe kill that guy. Hey, what's that like peering off from the pyramid? Maybe go check that out. You know, stuff like that that they could just throw in to give the players something yep. for every, and for every type of player. Some players don't like to listen to stuff. Some people listen mm-hmm. to music. Where those players, they'll be reading the text box. They'll be seeing the the um the subtitles. And for everybody that got everything turned on, they'll get all the visual cues. And I think they just need to go back in and say, okay, this is a simple premise. What should they be able to just come in and do? Come in and shoot here? Okay, so say we got a hard mode. Okay, what makes this the hard mode, all right? And I think they could, like I said, do more with, like you said, point A to point B. Now I know because, you know, the zones are instant, but I was hoping that like the contact event, because I saw that, per event moved around but i at first i misconstrued that as oh you do an event and then it moves to the other side of the map and that kind of excited me but i was like wait no because you might match make into like a different event and something like that and i'm hoping with the changes they're making to their system because they said it's not a new engine but they're like getting some new stuff i'm still kind of fuzzy on that i'm hoping that they can do that with how big the europa map is i'm just hoping that they just sit down and refine you know what they deem like what is normal what is hard and then that you know that expert content and just be able to intertwine that with not putting too much focuses on it because you know that other stuff people still going to run strikes people still going to do crucible because people you know and unfortunately people still play gabbit for some reason but people Uh, just uh, love that content right so they need to have little I guess bits and pieces in there so you can say, Oh, I can still, you know, get stuff that's for well, the seasonal content. But, you know, it's like they gotta they gotta do a lot for us at once. And I don't but I don't think we're asking too much because of what I've seen that they can do. Cause before I was giving them a pass, I was like, Okay, you're not with Activision no more. You guys, you know, I don't know how much you, how much you guys are working on or what mm-hmm. you got to work with monetary wise and other reasons. But now that I've seen what they're doing, like i just i remember when darkness was not even a thing that was just like oh we're never getting darkness and then they just all of a sudden oh by the way we're getting darkness and so i'm like oh you guys can do that then this stuff is definitely things that you can do and they just need to you know work that stuff out and give us a reason to say okay i'm gonna come in here i'm gonna do this give us a nice content loop that we can um that where we don't feel that we're not like losing out on stuff or that we don't just fly through it and be like, oh, that one not unlocked. That's pretty much yeah. all I got. And Petra Venge is still best girl.
0: <laughs> all right, dude. Thanks for coming in. I appreciate your thoughts.
3: No problem. Thanks. All me.
0: right. Necro's next. I'm going to have to readjust volume here, though, because I don't want him to kind of like blow our ears out. Because I had to really crank. I had to really crank there for Bird uh, Bird Bro. Uh, let me get Necro unmuted, and it says here you're calling in about sunsetting and the weapons cap. Yeah, can you hear me? I can.
4: Okay, because I dropped my other earbud, and I just found it. Okay, cool. Anyway, so yeah, I had that was just a follow up to the question I had earlier today, and then I have something else real quick because I know we're gonna you're gonna do repeat theater. So you said sunsetting was at 10:50, and a lot of the weapons that we're gonna have is capped at 10:50. So, um, do you think that they're going to, um, I know they're going to reissue weapons, so those will have a a higher cap, but Mm -hmm. the following year when they raise the base floor, do you think that they're going to get the other weapons that were left behind and push them up to base level so they could at least be used?
0: I, I do because if you make like right now, 750 is like. The, the floor. They raised what? Strike 750? I think it's like 850 for Nightfalls or some, uh nightmare hunts for some reason. Um but everything else is like 750 entry. Um I And then we see the 1050 on the Cosmodrome. I just I feel like that's just what they're gonna do. They're gonna raise the floor because sunsetting is not about you you getting it's not loot retirement in a, in a permanent sense. It's Shoving loot out of the end game. All that really matters. So when we go into Witch Queen, all that matters is that that raid, that dungeon, that year of trials, they, they, they shove, right? They shove those out of the end game. All those weapons get sunset. So it doesn't matter if you're gnawing hunger gets raised to 1050 this year and then next year it gets raised to I don't know 1350 because if that's the floor and all of the new endgame stuff's beyond its reach that's totally fine and somebody's gonna be like well couldn't we go back into the old raid then the beyond light raid and use all that stuff now that it's been raised and I would say yeah but by then I don't think that they would care about that it's it's not the it's not the, the new raid and there's no contest there's no there's no race um. so I to me that just kind of makes sense is you always drag the floor up and so the entry point, the seasonal content, the strikes, the, you know, the public space, all that gets drug up to the new floor and it doesn't matter if a gnawing hunger or a spare rations or some really old weapon from year two or three gets drug up because it's living where they want it to live. It's living in the lower echelon content.
4: Would you think, so let's follow up to this one. Would you think that maybe we should just stop infusing and perhaps we just, I don't know, maybe you're, to your credit, like when you talk about slot leveling, we should just change uh, the process. Wouldn't that just be better? Because then I just feel like I would never need to really bring up my weapon so much, like if, uh, and use of resources, if they're going to just clean them up to base level, I, you know.
0: No, this is exactly that? why I think infusion is just such an unnecessary mechanic now. I think slot leveling is already in the game with respect to your leveling progress. It treats you as if your highest heavy is equipped. So why not just have the slot show highest heavy? At, like Well, highest, whatever. It just raises that slot. And then when they raise the floor to, let's say, the new floor is 1350 going into Witch Queen. Well then all of your slots just become 1350 and anything that's sunset can't go beyond that and all the new stuff can go beyond that so you go back to raising your slots again by getting new gear and getting those drops and the infusion doesn't need to be a part of it it just doesn't um, I I think this I, this TWAB this week I'm actually really interested in Maybe more than the vid doc now because we got the vid doc out of the way and it was mostly stuff we already knew. I am super interested in what Bungie decides to do with leveling because the more I think about it, I don't know how you, I don't know how you take Han in a tutorial on the Cosmodrome and make sense of anything in leveling right now at all, especially infusion. Like what, what is it? Like why am I doing it? Yep. You know, it, it. I'm super interested. If they jettison infusion, I'm that's going to be great. I, that'll be cause for celebration. You know
4: that would definitely make me want to just purchase that outright. I haven't even decided yet. I'm like, I'm on the fence. I'm kind of leaning towards getting it because I got my claim and all, but that one decision right there would definitely sell it for me. Even if it is a year of, you know, towards the next summer, like, okay, we're bored. I will deal with it again. <laughs> um, so things that I noticed in some of these screenshots, other than the base uh, level being raised, um, I, we noticed that we can, um, there's no new f- functions on the character screen, but you can toggle between light and dark. You think that they would have a shortcut button to just swap between two, uh, you know, both sides, or perhaps you get to do a shortcut and just switch to a specific super. And then it'll just be as if you went to the character screen, selected it, and got out. And would this extend to weapon loadouts?
0: I mean, you could obviously do that on a keyboard. The console users wouldn't be able to do what you're describing. Now, you could still have them go into the menu and check a, and, like, click a box. You know, Let's say you have, like, 10, ten boxes or five or something off to the side, and they click one of those boxes, and they know that box number two is their raid loadout. It even lets them rename them, maybe. So they click on the one that says raid, and it's their raid loadout. It changes their su- super subclass, their aspects and fragments, all of it. Um... I would love that and then you could assign hotkeys as a uh, as a PC player you'd have to know though when you do that you're going to you're going to lose all your super grenade and everything else so there wouldn't be like exploits I think that might be the only concern is that if you can like hot swap abilities and stuff it could lead to some exploits with exotics and stuff Um, But I would love a loadout system to come to this game. Especially with how many things right now, how many moving parts we have. It's like, I switch from a sword to a rocket or to a grenade launcher or a linear fusion and I feel like, well... Uh, I gotta spend all this time now going to my armor and moving this, moving that, moving this. I don't even do it now. I'm like, frick it. It's too much trouble. They're marginally they're marginally helpful, and I'm spending more time on my menu than playing. Like, they, I, I think a loadout system would be fantastic, given that they're adding more layers to what we're doing. You know? I'm gonna go on strikes. I mean, who knows what you could even have your ghost set for strikes versus a raid or whatever, because this, the, you know, the, the, the ghost has all of the, the, the different things you can customize on it now. Um... Yeah, I I would say I would say that would be a huge huge win for the UI update in the day to day gameplay because they're adding depth that's going to become so cumbersome that we don't celebrate it anymore. We're like, this just freaking is annoying. I have to do so many clicks to just get this loadout ready for some strikes or a seasonal piece of content. I you know I'm just not going to do it. You know.
4: Yeah, and to their credit, like they said that the game will run a lot faster, but how much faster on the ssd like how much time would we spend in loading time and in the menus because yeah like we said like it is a lot of tabs that we got to scroll through with the controllers and even on the computer like if i don't like do the shortcuts myself like i played on pc a finite amount of times like you know a handful of times i just don't you know i didn't like figure everything out and they're trying to make it closer to the pc version i'm wondering if this is like on along the way a future update
0: well and they're changing to Vulcan for API they're changing scripts that allow quick instancing in the towers maybe that a loadout system is possible now because right now if you try to do a loadout system with Dim and you're in the game running around it can't do it because you're, it, it can only swap your weapons when you're in orbit maybe the API changes and maybe these script changes are going to allow a loadout system to actually work so your gun would literally change right before your eyes
4: we still have the Alexa and the Ghost skill, right? Uh, on we could do it on the phone. That that's still
0: a thing. I don't know, but even that's not going to work. You cannot you cannot use the Bungie app or the or Dim or any app to change your weapons if you're in the game. It'll move them for you, oh, but you have to go in and equip them. I see. So it's possible oh, the Vulcan API changes and the script changes are going to smooth over all of that. I mean, we're reinstalling the game. Like that would be actually awesome, because. Then they could do the loadout. I, I'm not. I'm not a dev here, but I can't see a couple of boxes that save the the current loadout. <laughs> you know that can't be that hard, <laughs> and it would smooth out a lot of what we're talking about. Then, then you could really take the time to be like, I'm really working on this particular build for Crucible and you know you're you, you you put it on and you're like I need to squeeze a few more stats out here and a few more things here I'm trying to get some drops for these particular you know stats um that, that would be, I think, awesome, because then you would go to that loadout and, and consider investing in it. And right now, it's hard to remember. You're like, I don't know. Do I have a good loadout for rockets? Do I have a good loadout for, you know, grenade launchers? I, you know what I mean? Is Charwell will equip guns? No, the game doesn't do that, homie. That's simply not true. Unless something has changed recently. And you go in, in any of these games, it will not switch your gun if you're in the game. It won't. It comes over and sits there. You got to equip it in the menu. You can do it in orbit. You can do it in orbit. Wait, when you're in the game, it doesn't do it for you. I've done
4: it at times. I used the uh, when I swapped over with the Destiny item manager. It's a little wonky because it'll switch, then it'll tell me there's an error, or it does switch and it doesn't even show ever, or it gets stuck in my uh, in the my uh, my bank, and I'm thinking. Jeez, it does it, it does leave a lot of, uh, of desire there it, it can be improved yeah <laughs> it's very easy to say as a non-dev like hey you guys got computers and this is your job come on <laughs> you've made it just make it better come on please yeah
0: yeah yeah and the tower you can do it yeah because you're not in a combat zone you're in like a unique area <clears throat> anytime you're in a combat zone you can't do it yeah Orbiter or tower that's exactly right so all right you got anything else all right
4: Nope, that would be it. Thank you.
0: Alright, we've actually done this a handful of times. I'm gonna let Chef call in without a mic check, because you've called in a handful of times, and it's been fine. You've submitted here, it says, current seasonal model discussion. Is this the best system we have had? you want to elaborate on uh, on this topic?
5: Yeah, does, uh, does my mic sound good? I'm always worried that it's gonna not yeah. be good, but... No, you're all totally right, fine. Right, perfect. Uh, so I just wanted to talk about like year three seasons compared to year, year two seasons, and then discuss like what we think would be the best combination of both because I think there's pros and cons obviously to each so for the year three seasons I kind of have them ranked out here like season of dawn and season of arrivals are probably the, the top two for me at least dawn being the better one with with the sundial I think that was fantastic uh, arrivals. Probably would have seemed better to a lot of people, but obviously the delay extended it out, and it's now felt like a long slug ride journey thing that is getting unenjoyable. But we're almost to be on light. Undying was alright; it was kind of not a lot, but it wasn't awful. And then season the worthy was the tower event was awful, and it was not the greatest season. But in terms of pros for this, I think the good continuous story that they continue to elaborate on—that's really good. You know the the story missions that we got in arrivals and and the uh live event that we got at the end of the season worthy that was probably the best part of the season that's fantastic i think the season passes are decently solid i I do enjoy kind of leveling that up and um i I don't play too too much but you know i can get to level 100 decently easily decently easily whatever that grammar is it's pretty bad but uh but i think they're enjoyable and the new artifacts and mods i like that that you get a new one every season get new mods you could tinker some come back you like that motto here it's again um cons besides the sundial the content loops for me at least have not been fantastic the public event system is not my favorite i think we can agree on that it kind of sucks undying mind was all right it was it was match made you flew in but it wasn't too too much like i said it was just kind of like you run through kill enemies do oracles blah 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 It, it wasn't great now talking about old seasons Season the Drifter was awful. Nobody like scammed it. Reckoning was like really hard for no reason, especially being match made. Like I, Reckoning was awful. Uh, Black Army was pretty good, I, I think. You know, uh, the match made activity wasn't too difficult. Good content loop with the bounties and and forging the new weapons and blah blah blah. And I think opulence over the seven seasons we've had is probably top three at least for me. Maybe. Maybe dawn's better, but opulence. I love the chalice. I loved going back to Leviathan doing the menagerie. I don't think, it, at least in normal mode, it wasn't too too hard. You couldn't fail it, uh, and the chalice was perfect. You got to choose what gun you wanted, what armor you got, and the sp- specific perk that was on it, or you know, or masterwork that you could get on it. Uh, and I think that was fantastic. um So for season of the hunt and going forward, I think we definitely need to find a middle ground here. Um, matchmaking I think is so very important to these seasonal activities because the public events don't work and I don't see them working anymore it's gonna it's already tiring in season arrivals we've only had two of them and they just they just don't work I, I, I they're not fun you do them for a week and that's that and the season missions seem to be coming back with season of the hunt and I think these are pretty good do we love them i I, I don't know what what your feelings on the season seasonal missions are so what are your thoughts on like a combination of the two we can do
0: yeah the I I said this a lot about interference like it was the first time I felt they did a really at least concerted effort to give us something that is that, that's re, we're replaying uh, story mission um, because up until now usually the story mission is kind of here uh, and then gone and that to me i think has always been a bit of a frustration point not for everybody but at least for me to see really really good encounters like the panoptes uh or Mm -hmm. you know in 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 many other cases we go to the, the 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 most the most often one that i really i really rail on is the baron fights so a couple of things to say you know anytime they add any story element I'm always thinking to myself let me grind this and put loot in there like there could have been there could have been really cool guns and mm. weapons attached to barons you could do something similar with these four lieutenants because uh, they all have a unique look and then secondly when you're you know you're talking about the public event people are kind of tired of it they're, they're kind of sick of it I think we touched on this a little bit ago I, I think it's just because you're in the same spot like there's no movement um, and, and this is a personal preference I like Sundial and Vex Offensive because I'm moving from one place to the next. There's a beginning, middle, and an end. And contact and the tower events and don't have that. I mean, EP, at least Escalation Protocol, being in one area, did have what felt like a beginning and a middle and an end. The bosses got a little bigger, got a little bit harder. Every little section had like its own kind of thing going on. And, you know, just standing next to something while you wait for enemies to show up and killing them like like I said, instead of it being like an ABC, then the boss shows up, it's just A, 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 a and then, oh, it's done now uh, you know, I think that's going to wear, that's really going to wear thin very, very quickly, mm-hmm. so I always look at seasonal content and even story content in a very, very similar way number one, can they get replay out of it? I think they can number two, can you put loot incentive in there? I think they can, I think those two boxes need to be checked and then the question about replay value comes into you know many forms. Um, are, are, am I repeating the same action too many times too close together? That's what I think. Contact public event gets gets annoying. Uh, I'm doing I'm doing something too close together. Um, and and in, and then as far as replay value in the fact that like. Are, that, that's attached to loot incentive. Is there something that's actually worth pursuing so when I don't get the good role I kind of keep trying? Uh, I believe these things are intertwined. Thank you, Neil, for the brand new membership taking us to... I don't even know how many members that is today. Did we get double digits? Eight new members today. Enjoy the dope badge and emotes. You're dope and deserve dope stuff. Thank you guys for the crazy support lately. It's just been nuts. Um, So, it, it, that's why I, th- I... I don't know. Sundial and Vex Offensive and Menagerie hit me better because I'm not repeating the same action again and again and again and again and again and then obviously Menagerie you have your least favorites you know like today with Blackout and Repost I mean it's just a freaking nightmare right Um, but at least it shakes things up and it's different than imagine playing Repost three or four times in a row and then fighting a boss like that's what the public event stuff feels like to me It's, it's, it's the same thing over and over again then a boss shows up so that i think there's a handful of ways they can they can add some of the depth and some of the replay value and it always i think always needs to be tethered to loot incentive or it dies super fast for most players
5: no no i i totally agree and and bringing up ep i think ep works so well because you, you did move around but also there was here's your three bosses, one for each weapon, and then here's a week where you can get all three weapons. But I've done EP a multitude of times since Warmind. I had not gotten a single weapon. So I hate that because I haven't gotten it, but also it makes me want to replay it mm-hmm. because the encounters aren't too bad, and also there's still something that I could always chase for. Now, back when Warmind came out, they were static rolls, so it's not right. as fantastic. But with random rolls, if they did something like that, then you have that replayability where there's this awesome EP shotgun and oh my god, I can get the God roll on it. And it's one of the best guns in the game and it's accessible. But I still have to do a little grinding for it. It's not like I could just do this mission and oh, there it is, voila, you know, or I could turn in umbral ingrams and, and kind of get it. And not that the umbrals are bad, but that, but that sort of here's the specific week. I'm gonna grind EP out. I'm gonna get this shotgun. If it's not the role I want, I'll go again. And I think that's fantastic. And also talking about the menagerie, the the good thing about menagerie that I found was that to upgrade your chalice to get better guns and to get the masterwork you had to play menagerie and do the triumphs and do the bounties to get the uh i forget what they were called like the the purple things that then you could upgrade your chalice with and and i think that was fantastic because it was just you know to play you upgrade it but also you're going into a new instance every time it could be a new order of events you don't always have to play uh you know you could sometimes get the the um the easier the easier encounters, instead of the horrible ones. Like you get the crystals. I like the crystals. Oh, I get crystals this time instead of the other ones that I don't like. That's fantastic. Instead of you know these public events where you're doing the same thing and you really don't get anything out of it. There's not like a specific. Here's week one of the contact public event, and there's this gun that you can get. Even if it was one of the guns in the umbrella room. So oh, here's um here's the fallen guillotine. Week three of the contact public event. That's not even happening. And maybe you get a random drop, but. There, there's no purpose to do contact public event for me except unless you want to do the story mission but you know it, there's no purpose to do the public event in my opinion except for the story mission and last season the tower event to do uh to get the upgrades to your bunker but after a couple of weeks that was done
0: well and there's no in the in the and the no loot dropping too is so weird it's like it doesn't feel like the event has anything happening. It it almost feels like I plug a hole and then that's kind of the end of it. It's like, yeah, the fight's over and then I get some blues. Like, the, If you would have done random rolls on the EP weapons, that might be the absolute Especially oh. once they made it, especially once they made it grindable, how you can like keep doing mm-hmm. uh, wave six and seven, six and seven, uh, that would probably be the best public space event. Because number one, you got variety and movement, and the, in, in each individual like area is a little bit different. And then you have random rolls, and the gun drops from the boss. Like, don't tell me you can't have loot dropping from the boss. You literally did it in Warmind. You did it in Vanilla D two Year One. Like come on like yeah. that ep would be close to being perfect as a public space uh content loop if if you would have had random rolls on the guns because they dropped from the boss and once they made it grindable by repeating waves uh wave um six and seven i it i think that is a uh a really really great system
5: no definitely and th- i just forgot about the concept public it had three different bosses one which was the the two sword knight guys which i hate because they never go near each other so you're spending 10 minutes or however long you have just trying to get them near each other to do damage and then you kill them and you get you get nothing you get nothing it's almost as annoying like like if the ep boss that had the thralls healing him and like none of the say you're playing solo and none of the blueberries are are killing the the thralls and you're getting frustrated but at least if you complete that encounter the frustrating part of the encounter could be difficult if you're playing solo you you have a chance of getting the gun. It, the, the sword guys, I, I hate the sword guys because it you know they never go near each other. And you have to stand and you could die and they have to respawn and they're still not near each other. And then you get nothing. Like the fallen guillotine drops from the sword encounter, and you have a chance of getting fallen guillotine. The god roll. If you don't get it, it's still a good sword. And then if you get the god roll, you have the god roll, and then it feels worthwhile. And then there's three bosses. You can put three different guns in there, and then do one week where it's all all the uh, all the guns are available. I mean, it, it, it's pretty like that small minute change would make the contact public event far far more worth doing otherwise I haven't touched that in two months I haven't played you know what's the point
0: yeah I do it for I do it for the interference pinnacle that's literally the only reason I do it so I do it as yeah, a rite of passage yeah. I don't I don't do it as a loot grind and um, like I said today I did two contacts two menageries and in an interference and I had like ten umbrals and it just it didn't feel like I got loot it felt like <laughs> I got a bunch of tickets to take to the tower so I would I would love to see all that change
5: well, and the only purpose I have for Umbrals right now is I stack them up in my Postmaster and then I go decrypt them, and you, you, there's a chance of getting an exotic uh, Ingram from them if you have a full inventory, so I, I put on the Destiny app and I put another Umbral in, and then if I get an exotic Ingram, I have it in the Postmaster for Beyond Light. Otherwise, the Umbrals are pointless. I've gotten all the weapons, I've gotten all the God Rolls, I have good armor stats for next season. There's no, you know, I, I mean, and, and to be fair, to be fair, we have had an extended season of the Rivals by two months, so... That, that that changes things a little bit for that because I mean we would be in Beyond Light for a month and a half now, so this would be in our rearview mirror, you know, 20 miles down the road. But but still, yeah, it's there's things that these public events don't fulfill if they're the content loop. the the season the seasonal missions work, and I think you could definitely put loot in the seasonal missions, and I think that'd be fantastic. And I hope they do that for the hunts because what it's seeming like the hunts, if they're anything like the nightmare hunts with story to them or wh- whatever goes on, that's easy. You just put, put a nice gun at the end for people to chase. And that comes around every three to four weeks, depending on how many hunts you do. And fantastic.
0: That's right. Four, four guns. So I need four guns, four guns, got four lieutenants, four guns,
5: yeah, even, and I'll grind, I'll grind it for the undying god mind rolls. Yeah, exactly. Even on mind had the four guns and it wasn't the best encounter, but at least there was something to chase where you're killing this undying mind. How many, how many times, you know, it's, it's just a better idea. Just give me, just give me a gun to get. That's mm-hmm. worth it. That's
0: all. Exactly. All right, man. Good thoughts. Appreciate you calling in, man.
5: Appreciate it. Have a good one.
0: You too. And thank you, everybody. That's an hour-long call-in session, man. If you're like, dude, I would love to call in. That seems so cool. That is is something you can do as a VIP member. Just click the Join button, pick the VIP tier, and we'd love to have you here. We're not going to shut down the stream, but if you're listening to this elsewhere, always remember you can catch me live at sntrlive.com or get all my content at sntrnetwork.com. Be sure to bookmark that site. If you're listening or watching in the other locations, please like, share, and subscribe.